Yes, we are blessed and highly favored. We made it to another Friday, another episode of Coffee in Tow. The start of another weekend. Gotta give a big thank you this morning. This morning's playlist is courtesy of Javet, one of our co-mods. Let a day go by. 
Take nothing for granted, folks. Nothing is promised to us. Appreciate everything. Appreciate everyone. Appreciate your life. No matter how bad you think you have it, somebody else has it worse. So count your blessings. Look at the glass as being half full instead of half empty. And the more you are appreciative and the more you express gratitude and the, the more you're thankful for what you have is the more you will have bestowed upon you. up our hearts and be receptive I'm gonna turn it up a little bit now here is Kurt Carr and the Kurt Carr fam family and we give you glory and honor and praise come on come on we lift our hands in the sanctuary we give you praise we amen And I will praise you for the rest of my days. 
Coming up, we're going to have the headlines, let you know what's going on around the world. But first, we got to give God praises, got to give him thanks. Welcome to our praise and worship segment, 15 minutes of giving God the glory. in one more from Diedrich Haddon love him like I do and this one will close out our praise and worship segment Gotta say thank you to Javet, one of our co-mods, for today's selections. If there is a song that you would like to hear, do not hesitate to send the request over. If you are on Clubhouse, you can put it in the chat or send it to me in the back channel. If you're listening online, you can send me an email request. You can send that request to momentswithmemedia at gmail.com or you can send it to the moments with me media at gmail.com he took me from the bottom and put me on the top he laid his hands on me and now I can't be It is a quarter past the top of the hour. We're going to go ahead and get started shortly.
right, we're going to go ahead and get into the headlines. Gotta let you know what we will be talking about today. Gotta say good morning to everyone listening from all around the world. Everyone logged on to the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, and everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. It is Friday, May the 5th, and we're inside the Friday mix. Today's mix is... Oh, it's just going to be Latin music. Cinco de Mayo. Yes, it is the 5th of May. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You can find me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media, and on TikTok, Moments with Me Media. And here is what we have coming up for you today out of the Caribbean corner. Angela Bassett and Dawn Lewis, named as tourism ambassadors for Antigua. BHTA agrees work must be done to retain routes, carriers to to Barbados. Parliament reverses presidential system of government. And Jamaica establishes more than 2,000 permanent posts for doctors. Health ministry defends hotel spend for COVID quarantine. And it's been 45 summers for Waggy Tea. Out of Latin America, Cinco de Mayo. These are, we kid you not, some actual questions people ask about the holiday. And Cinco de Mayo celebrates Mexican culture, not really independence. On the international scene, Bona Mugabe's $8 million home assets exposed in divorce angers Zimbabwe. Oh, wow. Indigenous leaders demand apology. Reparations from King Charles. The world is coming down on the monarchy. Priceless symbols to watch out for during King Charles III's coronation. And, you know, we're saying we're not going to watch, but at least let us take a look at the pictures that they're going to show afterwards, right? Because every country needs to be on the lookout to see what belongs to them so they can put in their reclamation request. They're going to be left jewel lesson. Penniless <laughs> by the time the world is done with them. And we do have an In My Opinion post with Charles III coronation. Colonialism is coming home to roost. In news out of North America, shooting in Dania Beach, Florida leaves two dead and one injured. GOP front runner for North Carolina governor mocked school shooting survivors and once justified shooting protesters. This guy... <laughs> He's a black man. Y'all going to be just alarmed at some of the crap that he says. But anyway. Uh, oh, he also said that uh, nobody owes anybody anything. If anything, we owe the slaves something. I'm telling you something. This man is off his... He's the... Um, what you call it? What that guy who was running in Georgia... The puppet that they put in Georgia, the ex-football player. Well, he's he's another one. And he's allegedly a pastor. This new one. Anyway, Tyree, Rickles, Tyree Nichols' autopsy reveals brain injuries after police beating. Bipartisan senators predict parents will overcome tech lobby to protect kids online. 
It's not a matter of overcoming. You're forcing us to do things anyway. We don't have a choice. A financier buys Jerry Epstein's, Jeffrey Epstein's private islands with plans to create a resort. In business and tech news, Google Meta threatened to limit services in Canada over news bill. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, I must say. In sports news, um... New York and California launch a probe into alleged NFL discrimination. Hmm, interesting. Uh, in Believe It or Not stories, South Dakota governor says her two-year-old grandchild has several sons. And guess what? Ed Sheeran wins the Thinking Out Loud copyright case. Good for him. We're going to have the details of those stories and more after a little music. We're going to get into our Cinco de Mayo celebrations. <laughs> Here is Selena dreaming of you. singing another hit one of her hits bitty bitty boom bum or bum bum however you want to say it bitty bitty bum bum Se emociona, se emociona, 
Good luck finding a place to party tonight. You better leave work early. I guarantee you, especially the Latin restaurants are going to be packed. Well, it's a good excuse to drink a lot of tequila. And then you can practice rolling your tongue. <laughs> your favorite brand of tequila do you like yours with a worm in it do you do salt and lime how do you do yours squeeze in one more for us before I think I can get one more in before we go ahead and get started honoring uh Selena today in the mix definitely gonna hear a few more songs from her No, after this, I will be putting my speakers outside. God bless the neighbors, because I will be turning it up. And I will grab me a bottle of Tito's. Nobody try calling me, texting me. <laughs> Good luck. Coming 
coming up in a couple seconds, we're going to have the details what we're going to be talking about today. de mayo feliz día de tequila <laughs> or margaritas whichever you prefer it is time for us to go ahead and get started it is the bottom of the hour and of course as always we start in the caribbean corner our first story we head on over to antigua story courtesy of caribbean.loopnews.com actress angela bassett and dawn lewis that should be actresses right yeah i said that wrong actresses angela bassett and dawn lewis have been appointed as tourism ambassadors of antigua and barbuda the decision to appoint both leading hollywood actresses as tourism ambassadors was taken during a cabinet meeting a statement from the government said Miss Bassett has shown her love for Antigua by visiting frequently. And she also uses her star power that has been earned by participation in scores of movies. Miss Lewis, who starred in Grey's Anatomy, A Different World, and many movies and sitcoms, also loves Antigua. Bassett and Lewis will not put that in all caps be paid for their work as the government stressed the appointment is voluntary does not involve any remuneration and they have agreed to make appearances on behalf of antigua and barbuda both leading ladies are currently in the islands participating in the annual sailing week activities um hmm hold on a second uh, I have questions about it. Jave, come on. Where you there? Where you there, Jave? Where you there? This not so. This not sound right at all. <laughs> Me not like that one. I'm sorry. Nothing. Good no. Morning. Nothing against the ladies, but mm, okay. Go right ahead, Jave. Um, it's interesting that they will not be paid, but I'm sure they'll be compensated some other way. <laughs> <laughs> but why them though? Do they have connections besides the fact that they spend a lot of time there? Do they have any family connections there? Why them? Why not use someone with connections to the island? I don't know if they have any connections, but I mean, Angela Bassett is Angela Bassett. Don Lewis is a little like, mm, but Angela Bassett, I mean, anywhere she goes, she's an amazing actress. So I can see her. Yeah. I, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> uh, mm. 
But thank you, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, as long as they're representing the island, huh? And they may be able to be influential in bringing um, people there. I would just think you would want to use, you know, people connected. But I guess they don't have anybody who is connected that is popular. I don't know. I mean, we have poetry poetess you know we have artists but um i don't know uh this one this one was interesting yeah uh, uh, interesting for me too <laughs> good morning donna morning morning the full story but i think it's a good move let me tell you hold on hold on let me bring you up to speed real quick <laughs> so angela bassett and dawn lewis have been named tourism ambassadors of antigua that's brilliant. You're looking at ambassadors, tourism ambassadors. You're looking at people that are high profile that when you announce it, you have an automatic audience. These are the people that would draw a lot of the attention. There are people that probably, suppose I never heard about Antigua. I'm a big Angela Bassett fan. It's like, what, Antigua? I start to research it. So you want to get that impact. Mm -hmm. You want to get an impact. Yes, you might want to bring somebody with connection to the island, but you can always use people with connection to the island. In a case like that, I think it's just about the impact. It's just about the tourism branding. It's just about getting the names out there. And she's a perfect candidate. Okay. Okay. I'll swallow that one. Donald, <laughs> question. Do you know Don Lewis? No. Okay. Angela, Angela Bassett is good enough for me. Okay. <laughs> Just wondering. Hmm. Why the question, Jeff? Now you have piqued my interest. Then you never know. What is her niche? You know, well, I'm looking her up uh, right now. I know I know both of them. Um, Dawn Lewis, she actually has an amazing voice, but I think where I know her from is a different world. But like I said prior, Angela Bassett is a, you know, excellent, huge name. So I can see that. The Dawn Lewis part, I'm not, I, I just kind of question a bit. But again. Yeah. Maybe it's a buy one, get one free deal. <laughs> <laughs> They're not again, getting paid. Again, um, there are two black women so maybe that's it but the thing is the fact that they're not getting paid i mean they are high profile whether you know of that don't know without um, fans and stuff like that i just think it's a no-brainer for the antigua government a no-brainer I, ca I can't see them losing from something like that no i don't see any loss here not at all Good morning, Chief. Chief is being quiet. <laughs> ah, okay, next story. Thank you, Javed. Thank you, Donald. Next story. Privy Council sides with landmark court ruling on Bahamian citizenship. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The London-based Privy Council has upheld a ruling by Bahamas Chief Justice Ian Winder declaring that children born out of wedlock to Bahamian men 
are citizens at birth regardless of their mother's nationality. The Constitution was previously interpreted as not automatically conferring such citizenship until they reached the age of 18 to apply for citizenship. Prime Minister Philip Davis said the landmark ruling by Chief Justice Winder paves the way for the government to amend the Bahamas Nationality Act to further equalize access to citizenship, an objective the Philip Davis administration said it would pursue once the Privy Council rendered its judgment on the narrower citizenship issue. The ruling by the Privy Council, the country's highest court, follows a case dating back to 2020 where the plaintiff, Shannon Roll, 24, had become a citizen through the normal application process. In a statement, Prime Minister Davis said in light of the Privy Council's recent decision to uphold the landmark judgment made by Supreme Court Chief Justice Ian Winder in 2020, I would like to express my support and commitment to ensuring that our country's laws and policies are fair and just for all Bahamians. This ruling affirms that children born out of wedlock in the Bahamas to biological Bahamian fathers and foreign mothers are citizens of the Bahamas at birth and do not have to wait until 18 years old to apply for citizenship. The Privy Council's decision marks an important step towards ensuring equal citizenship rights for all children, irrespective of their parents' marital status. It is expected to impact the lives of many individuals in the nation positively okay so that looks sounds like a good move to me we're going to hop on over to barbados bhta agrees work must be done to retain routes and carriers to barbados story courtesy of barbados.loopnews.com barbados needs to work to ensure that new routes to the island and new carriers providing service to grantley adams international airport are retained. Asked about efforts to make sure that routes and carriers are not discontinued or dropped weeks or months after they comments, the chief executive office of the Barbados Hotel and Tourism Association, Ryan Ford, and the chairman, Renee Coppin, agreed that greater focus needs to be placed on that aspect, maintaining the additional flights especially from new and diverse markets. Coppin told media during the quarterly meeting at their Belleville headquarters um, on May 4th that it is a very critical point. She said that with more accommodations coming online in the next year or two years, the product locally is being developed to meet the increased demand if the new flights, routes, and carriers come and stay. All right, so good job over there with adding rooms because they are, yeah, I think right now they're adding 500 rooms in the next two years. Um, I'm not sure what villas, how many villas they have available, if there is going to be an increase in the number of villas, Airbnb, so on and so forth. But that's a good look for Barbados. Definitely keep up the awesome work. Next up, we hop on over to Jamaica Parliamentary versus Presidential System of Government. This article is courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com. So what is a presidential system? How different is the parliamentary system? In which system is democracy at greater risk? In which 
two systems is there greater abuse of power? In what system is the is there greater corruption? And we're going to answer those questions for you because you know these are <sighs> questions that are looming. So, what is a presidential system? A presidential system is a form of government in which the chief executive or the head of the sector which manages the affairs of the state is directly elected by the people. This person is separate from the legislature, which makes laws and does not control the judiciary, which tries cases and decides legal disputes between citizens or citizens and the state between citizens and citizens or citizens and the state. In this system, the president selects people who are not members of the legislature to form his or her cabinet. How different is the parliamentary system? Another good question. In the parliamentary system, the executive leader of the government, usually called the prime minister, is a member of the elected legislative body and is appointed by virtue of the support of a majority of that body. The prime minister selects members of the cabinet, which is the policy-making body, are the members of the legislature who are members of his party or support his administration. In this system, the prime minister, like the president in the presidential system, does not control the judiciary if the principle of the separation of power is accepted. So the next question, in which system is democracy at greater risk? In a presidential system, the personal popularity of the leader predominates to the extent that political parties and elective re elected representatives are marginalized or ignored. The emphasis on the personality cult frequently leads to dictatorships. On the World Democracy Index, countries with a parliamentary system are more generally highly rated, while countries with a presidential system are more or less generally lowly, lowly rated. Well, in which two systems is there greater abuse of power? <laughs> All detailed studies and analysis of the history of different countries have concluded that the presidential system has been more prone to lapse into dictatorship. This is largely because popular presidents who do not have to report to an elected legislature assume strong personal ascendancy. Interesting. In what system is there greater corruption? Similarly, numerous research studies have recorded more extensive corruption in the presidential system. In the prime example, the United States of America, political parties and legislators are dependent on and loyal to oil companies, drug manufacturers, and the gun distributors. Special interest groups also exercise great influence through the employment of lobbyists who exert pressure on elected representatives to support their wishes. Now, in which system is there greater accountability of political leaders to the people and their elected representatives? Another good question. In the parliamentary system, there is a clear constitutional responsibility of the executive including the prime minister, to report to the elected representatives of the people and obtain their approval for all important laws, policies, and tax impositions. 
in the presidential system, a president may frequently act independently of the elected legislature and has functions and powers which he or she may exercise without the approval of the people's representatives. In which of these two, well, in which of the two systems is there more efficient governance? To a large extent, both constitutional systems depend for their efficiency on the social structures, their organizational efficiency, and the wisdom of their leaders' policies. On the global indices, the countries with the parliamentary cabinet system are generally most highly rated, while the countries with the presidential system are generally most lowly rated. And the question then is, should Jamaica keep its present parliamentary system or change to a presidential system of government? Hmm. Um, what we definitely don't want is to give too much control to any elected leader that I will say that for them to do as they please. I think it is very important that the voice of the, the, the nation is always taken into account because at the end of the day, whatever it is that you decide will have an impact on them. We have to be careful that we're not making decisions solely to the benefit of ourselves, those around us, and those who are lining our pockets, as we see in the United States of America. So there is going to need to be a balance. I think they need to create a system where you pull the benefits from the mm, parliamentary system as well as the presidential system. Am I saying it right? I hope so. Yeah. Um <laughs> My concern in Jamaica, uh, where Jamaica is concerned, and I am all for us moving away from the monarchy. Don't get me wrong. I want us to break away. We need to break away because we are not yet independent as far as I'm concerned. Um, but my concern is how are we going to put measures in place to ensure that there is no influence from lobbyists from anyone who is going to dole out cash and put pressure on elected representatives so that things are done in their favor. We already know about the greasing of the palm and how it runs. And I think it's something that happens globally. We already know how that goes. But do we need more of that coming into play? No, we do not. Um, so I hope they carefully construct the system going forward. Hmm. Um, yeah. The corruption is one of my biggest issues. And the abuse of power. Let me say those two. The abuse of power. Because the, we don't want dictatorship. We don't want dictatorship. Because God, I know that the third party in Jamaica, UIC or whatever it is, I get the feeling that that 
leader i think what what's his name patterson i think is his name when you listen to him speak it sounds as though he wants a dictatorship because his ideal is that he would be in power forever that would be his thing go right ahead good question moments uh -huh. what's the difference between a dictatorship and one percent of the country <laughs> running forever <laughs> that's a good point really good point right <laughs> There's a very thin line. Some would say no difference. The 1% would be lining the pockets of the <laughs> those in power to ensure they get their way. So they would be the dictators behind the scene. <laughs> Am I making sense? Um, Am I making sense, Donnell? They ultimately the, they would be the dictators, kind of like what's going on here anyway, in the U.S. Whether you want to believe it or not, we are on some we are under some sort of dictatorship rule. Well, I can speak for Florida. <laughs> Pray for us, folks. Morning, David. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah I, I was interesting because I wanted to do this comparison. So, um, uh, in South Africa, right? You know, the ANC is the largest, you know, they have a parliamentary system, though they still call the head of state or the head of government in this case, our head of government, the pres president, right? But, you know, Jacob Zuma was in power for quite a long time, right? right? And, and he was as, uh, uh, you know, corrupt as, they, corrupt as they came. And it was largely because the ANC is just such a large party, right? You know, uh, and they have, you know, a they serve as having a majority of seats uh, in the South African parliament, right? That it's pretty hard for any other political party to really seriously challenge him. But, you know, when you look at Jacob Zuma, who came into power, he had the kind of controversies like, you know, sexual assault charges, you know, engaging in arms dealing before he was even the leader of the party. And none of that stopped him. And then when he did become the leader of the party, you know, he was working with the Guptas, at, you know, uh, uh, who were a billionaire group who was lining his pockets. Uh, he was doing things like taking government money and remodeling his house. And there are all these different things going on. And it took such a long time, um, um, you know, for them to be able to get him out of office. And it meant it took the ANC to somehow finally get fed up with him. But it just was so long. And, and you could literally watch videos of him, you know, because uh, I know they're the president comes to parliament about three or four times a year to talk and he would just be sitting there and he would just literally say to people, yeah, just kill me, kill me. Right. Right. You know, and he would be, he would be, uh, basically, you know, uh, engaging in this thing of, of gaslighting and, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, just saying some of the most negative things. And even when he was disposed of a large part of this, uh, uh, the, uh, folks in South Africa are still like, similar to here, large part of people in South Africa still liked him. And I know a lot of that had to deal with, you know, linger, you know, tribal, cause you know, he's, you know, the ANC is largely Zulu and they're like the largest tribe. And there's about what, about nine different tribes altogether, you know, you know, pre-colonialism, uh, uh, tribes that existed and they didn't like each other beforehand. So the old tensions just came back. So I understood why other South African tribes, who may have people elected in government, um, uh, 
were just kind of weary of it. I'm like, so it can be hard if you have the largest party, you know, to break that control. And then that can almost act like a de facto, not just a dictatorship, but it can almost act like a de facto monarch of itself because it's just such a large party, right? <laughs> you know, that that even if you do switch somebody out, right, and you put in somebody else who's either the prime minister, in this case, the president, right, you're not necessarily going to get the changes that you need. And other people can still be worried. So, you know, it, it's always a... It's just a, it's a, it's an interesting thing that means you need to just have much more stricter rules in place, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, to be able to be able to, to to maintain and control government for everyone else. So, mm, when we look at styles of government um, throughout the world, different countries, the countries that seem to be more successful, the ones that are run more efficiently. Um, where there is effective leadership, um, which ones are those? Which ones would we say? Have we has the, anyone in Jamaica studied their style to see if they can ensure that things run smoothly for the greater good? And when I say the greater good, for meaning for all involved, for all its citizens. Singapore. Singapore, okay. What are the positives? What are the um, successes for Singapore? Can we highlight Singapore, a few? Yes, yeah, Singapore has a low crime rate. It pretty much has everybody housed, right? Everybody is housed in there. Uh, uh, they have a pretty good education system, right? Where you're getting the citizens educated, right? Uh, uh, it is built off. It's a slightly bit more. Uh, oh, by the way, they pay government workers uh, the same uh, comparable salaries that you would get in the private sector. So that's how they that's how they're able to pull in the best people. Right. That's okay. what they believe. Lee Wai, who was the kind of uh, first uh, leader of you know post-colonialism in there is is was, was pretty, you know, was the one who instituted it. But what you do have to understand is that to get that kind of system. It required uh, Li Wa Ching to be very author authoritarian, right? right? Uh, or more benevolent authoritarian, as they might call it, right? Uh, obviously, they have, uh, and this can be positive or negative, depending on your view on it, they have a required two-year military service for everybody, right, uh, 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 you know, to engage in. Uh, but I think because they have such a high literacy rate, education system's good, they have everybody housed, right, you know, all citizens housed there, and from an American perspective, I might say they have low tax rates. I think that's good. That's why a lot of people want to go there. I think that is just an example of a government. And I'm not a fan of overly authoritarian governments, but I just have to say, if we're going to be honest about, you know, what works, what is work well, Singapore would be that space where, where they have uh, something that you can just look at and say it's worked well. But it is a small country. It's a small population. Mm -hmm. Go, go ahead, Donald. Go ahead. Uh, from the Singapore era, I think Singapore took some deliberate steps to put some deliberate policies in place. And even under Lee Kuan Yew, if you look at the model they use, for instance, like Philip Chu was one of the, like, known for the top civil servants there. And when they was designing that policy, they literally recruited people, Singaporeans, from all over the world. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um and they brought them in, and I read a book by him, and what they did is they create industries that was multifocused. 
So if you do you do oil, you do plastic, you do everything. So you, you do a whole chain. So you didn't just create jobs on opportunities at one level. It was multiple levels for every project. Mm-hmm. They spend heavily on it. They bring in um, a lot of people and then they educated people at the highest level. So they send a lot of people to do their PhDs and stuff like that. The deals they made with the multinational companies, they make it show they earn the contract in such a way that Singaporeans will be an integral part of it, development and training and stuff, not just at the low level, but at the highest level, so that they literally could take over and run this business. And in a lot of cases, they was like the top officials running the business at the highest level. And um, that really helped. But another thing is, again, they pay their civil servants well. For instance, I think the prime minister makes like close to a million or whatever. He gets paid very well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they have a zero tolerance on corruption. So what they did, based on my knowledge, is like when something go wrong, they don't look for the people at the bottom. They punish the person at the top. Mm-hmm. So there was a famous case, I think, in the seventies or sometime when this government official went on a vacation with his family to a businessman that he, he was not supposed to do. So I think the businessman either paid for the trip and stuff like that. And when they returned, he was arrested at the airport and taken to jail. Mm-hmm. So what they, they do is whenever something go wrong, they go to the people at the top. So the people that are responsible for implementing the policies know they have a zero tolerance on corruption and stuff, so they don't mess up. But they, at the same time, they do pay you well. As I said, they have good education systems and uh, they are very like law-abiding for some reason. Like, the people there are like really law-abiding. Because if you go there, you realize even to take a taxi, there's a line and nobody breaks the line and stuff like that. So, and as David um, pointed out, it took a sort of benevolent dictatorship if you could say that, mm-hmm. to take it to that level. Because you need some kind of power to, to sort of implement some of the changes. Okay. They were not popular. They were not always popular at the time. But they meant well. So the same way people with power could go by, they could go good. I know it's like a system that's taking off itself right now. And I like what I'm hearing. I, I like what I'm hearing. My concern, can Jamaicans do that? We are so indisciplined. We are so indisciplined in Jamaica. It is not funny. But I like the accountability piece of it, Donald. And I think because of that, it will force people to do better, knowing that they will not only be arrested, but will actually be held accountable for their actions. Thereby, hopefully, that that construct would... um force people to make a 180 degree turn change the way they behave the way they think you know um yeah now as you go through some of the towns in jamaica i don't know people are so i don't know how we gonna get them under control we have a similar model in um rwanda with paul kigame there they have put a lot, a lot of things in place. He's referred to in some spaces as a dictator, but he has done tremendous things there. If you look at where the country was and where it comes, mm-hmm. nobody's perfect, but to me, 
I, I love I love his leadership style. Right. So I like, as I said, I like what I'm hearing. So I do have questions for the government of Jamaica and the team that is putting this together. Um, can we hear from the different ministries how they plan to um, get everything up to par? Right, because, all right, we're going to make that shift. But if we're making that shift, it has to be a beneficial one, one that we will see people benefiting from right there should be we have to attack education we have to attack the healthcare system we have to attack employment we have to attack the turnaround time within which um for example the tax office or parish council addresses things we're going to have to attack that and for example at the parish council level how are we going to be able to get things done without having to put money in the hands of somebody to push? Per For example, you're putting up a building and you need to have permits or you need to get your um, drawings passed, your architectural drawings passed. If you're not quick to grease somebody's palm or if you don't know somebody in the system, they drag it out. Things like these, how are we going to be addressing these issues? So, in other words, how are we going to address the corruption that exists in all the ministries and in all government facilities? Are we prepared to increase the salary of everyone, com make it comparable to those who work in the private sector? Because that will need to be done, definitely. But I want to hear the, the, the POA. I want to see a breakdown from each, um, let me call them department now, right? <laughs> As we move away from um, one system of government to another. Um, I, want in, I want more details. Right now, I'm not getting enough to make me feel satisfied that they are indeed ready to make that shift. That's me. I don't know how Jamaicans on the ground in Jamaica feel. But for me in the diaspora, I think they have a lot more work to do. I think they're rushing. Um, I think they need to take a little more time. I would say give themselves another year or two. Um, and are they having town hall meetings with the public? I, I don't know if any has happened. I haven't heard of any happening. We need to have town hall meetings. because we need to hear from the people as well. Not just um, the lawyers who are orchestrating everything behind the scenes and those who sit in parliament. We need to get everyone involved and people are going to have questions and we don't want to wait until we thrust something upon someone for, and tell them, well, at this point, you, you don't really have a choice. It is what it is. That is not democratic in any way and not allowing people to enjoy democracy. Well, means, you know, we don't necessarily have to change the system to implement some of the stuff you're talking about. Look at how Margo Foley, right? President Margo Foley in um, Tanzania came in and just changed the whole culture of Tanzania. 
like going into to to businesses and stuff or going into government offices and just firing the people at the top and putting people that actually wants to work or start to hold people accountable like ruthlessly but we don't have leaders in the Caribbean with the intestinal fortitude mm-hmm. to do that on behalf of the people that's all it takes we have systems of government that can work fine we don't we don't, we don't have terrible system of government is the implementation that is killing us. And, and, and the, the whole idea that you could just go to the ministry, sit down, read newspaper, take five-hour lunches, don't do nothing, take two months to sign one piece of document and get paid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just need somebody that's willing to go in there and really audit these places and turn it up. And everything will turn around overnight, overnight. Mm-hmm. You don't need no change of government or nothing. You can literally do it within the structures we currently have. But there is no accountability. Our PSs are just there because you can't fire them and they're appointed and all this stuff like that. They just play the fool. Mm-hmm. I would, you can't fire them. I would put all of them to swim the streets in their suits. You'll see how fast they'll check themselves. Yeah. All right. So we wait for more. We, um, Hopefully, the Jamaica Observer or other media outlets will put out more question and answers, um, question and answer articles, I should say. Um, Sonette put in the chat that, um, morning, Sonette, that they need to advertise them properly so people will attend. Yes, definitely. You know what they may have to do, um, Sonette? Who remembers? As a child, I don't know if they still do it, where they would tie the megaphones on the top of vehicles and people would go through the town making announcements. Election. Yes. Every election series, they would go around and um, big loud trucks with the orange and the green and they come vote. <laughs> exactly. And it would catch people's attention, right? They probably need to do something like that too. To gra- and, you know, probably park somewhere, probably in front of the marketplaces, um, the middle of the towns. So that as people are moving about, they are hearing, you know, as well as the people who are stationary, they'll be able to tune in and speak, you know, so that everybody can understand and be open to questions being asked. I think it's something that they need to do to educate because many of us are not too familiar with um, the parliamentary system, the presidential system. So now we are educating an entire island and we have to find the most effective and efficient ways because, um, yeah, we need that. We definitely need that. Why can't we just look to, I mean, not that it's the only solution, but Barbados just did it. What did they do? Mm-hmm. I hope someone's studying Barbados and just like figure that out. Right, right. But I arrived late, so I'm not sure what was spoken to about before. No, 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 you're fine. You're, you're, nothing. We didn't, um, we were just doing a comparison. Um, Singapore was mentioned as having a great effective, a good effective system. Um, Rwanda was mentioned. Um, so those are countries that they could look at. Look at Singapore, Rwanda, look at Trinidad, look at Barbados. Any other country in the region that did a switch over? Trinidad did it so long ago. And I think Barbados is the best because it just happened. It just but happened. Okay. Just me and um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Thank you all so much for that. Jamaica establishes more than 2,000 permanent posts for doctors. Story courtesy of Caribbean.loopnews.com. The government has established over 2,000 permanent posts for doctors within the public health system. Minister of Health and Wellness, Dr. Christopher Tufton, during his contribution at the 2023-2024 sectoral debate in the House of Representatives on Wednesday, said this is being supported by the recent compensation review processes as well as forward planning to restructure and expand services at both the primary and secondary levels. There are numbers permanent posts as opposed to short-term contracts for 789 doctors currently in the system. New posts of 1,112 doctors to be filled over time and 140 posts that were established to support the response of the COVID-19 pandemic. That is over 2,000 permanent posts to impact service quality for the people of Jamaica, he said. This means less patient-to-doctor ratio more specialists in the system, more doctors at the primary community health care and also in the hospitals. Dr. Tufton further emphasized that when we have more doctors, it means patients will get better care. This government cares about those who go to the public health system, the minister said. He added that his ministry is working on the other categories of healthcare workers, such as nurses. To make sure while we're looking to increase the number of health care professionals, we're also taking into account livable wages. Because what we don't want is to have more people on board who are frustrated, right? And then you have the public complaining that when they go to the doctor or they go to the hospital, sorry, or the clinics, everybody just moving at their own pace, no sense of urgency. There's a lax behavior going on. So let's do it all around, all around, all around. Um, <laughs> Health Ministry defense hotel spend for COVID quarantine. I find this rather interesting. I think I have a video for this one, which <laughs> I'm sorry. But, you know, th there is slackness. What was it again a couple of weeks ago? The Ministry of Finance with the auditing and all of that. You, you remember that? How many? <laughs> Let me tell you something. We need a proper cleaning up. But um, there is a video and I know it's so far back I came across it. Oh, wow. A lot has happened. Or I'm saving too many videos and now I can't. Um, find them but oh by the way by the way you can get 3500 us dollars per month to study in sweden folks oh let me let me let y'all know about this one PhD in sweden you're actually applying for a job that means no tuition no scholarships instead you get a nice monthly salary you get 30,000 kroner per month which is about 3500 usd plus it'll put you on track to becoming a permanent resident Check out Jobs Abroad Worldwide if anyone is interested in that. You know, I came across that, saved it, and said, I have to share that with you all. You know, I speak a little Swedish. Maybe I should do that. Where did you learn? Where did you learn? My sister-in-law is half Swedish. Oh, wow. So how often do you practice? I, I want you fluent, girl. I want you fluent. I'm kidding with you. I don't know how to say good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and hello. 
internet. You're a trip. You're a trip. Okay, where did I see this one? But um, okay, I'm gonna have to dig it up somewhere. So, so let me go ahead and read the article. So the Ministry of Health and Wellness has come out to clear the air following media reports related to the lease of Marbella Hotel property for the purposes of quarantine and isolation to curtail the speed of COVID-19. In a release on Thursday, the ministry said the St. Thomas property is owned by ZDA Construction Limited and was leased for 12 months at a total price of $33.5 million, which was executed in collaboration with the National Land Agency. In responding to whether value for money was retained in the use of purchase orders to acquire accommodation from hotels as part of the national COVID-19 response, the ministry said it was attained. This is evidenced by the 2,364 members of the public affected by COVID-19 who were able to benefit from the isolation and quarantine space made available at a single all-inclusive property. The ministry said this service came at a cost of approximately $151 million at the facility. An average price of $57,327.26 per person from the shortest stay of three days to the longest of 33 days. The 2,364 persons accommodated included 346 for isolation, 206 for quarantine, ship workers quarantine, 1,679 ship workers for quarantine, and 403 persons repatriated by flights. The ministry said it is to be noted that approximately 6,000 people were accommodated at isolation and quarantine facilities over the COVID-19 response period. It added that in the ministry's submission to the Public Accounts Committee of May 2, 2023, the Minister of Finance and the Public Service attested to the fact that under the Public Procurement Act, accommodations are exempt and that for the purposes of, of accommodation, a purchase order may be used once there is sufficient risk management to protect the interest of the government. Accordingly, no rules were breached in the execution of this necessary action for the COVID-19 response, the ministry insisted, while reiterating its commitment to good governance and transparency as it strives to provide universal health coverage to Jamaica. Listen, I need to find this video because it will help to make it make more sense because there was some back and forth um, in Parliament. In other words, if I can remember... If I can remember well, the, one of the issues they were having is that the proper paperwork was not submitted to substantiate or give an explanation. There was no breakdown of the cost. How did they arrive at this um, money that's total? Um, once, one hand saying a purchase order is sufficient. The other hand saying... That is not sufficient. So let me turn. I hope my accountant can speak. My accountants can speak. What say you? What, how does, or how is a purchase order used? What is the purpose of a purchase order? Let's start there. None of my accountants can speak right now. Um, 
Okay. So on a sending me to um you're sending me to Google. I didn't want to do any research. Isn't it a document used to um to verify a purchase or to, to document it? You use a purchase order, you keep them in a sequential order so you know what you're spending your money on. You have it budgeted so you have your um GL, what do you call the GL lines and everything for it? I'm gonna stop talking. I don't know that much, but I've used purchase <laughs> orders in my in my previous employment. So purchase order essentially is like in these organizations, the person requesting whatever it is, the material, the the work done or so, is not the people paying. So you will get in quotations usually. So uh, a purchase order is like a quotation from a supplier. Mm-hmm. So you, you you get that quotation from the supplier, and then it's get approval by usually the depart, department head or whoever it is. And once it it, it is get approval, then it is sent to um, the accounting department where sometimes an invoice is requested, or some there are some systems where you have a relationship where you could you could generate take the purchase order. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's a request for payment. Essentially, is a request for payment that is reviewed based on whatever limitations you have or standards you have, and what's approved. Then the accounting purchasing department also will go ahead and, and, and purchase that that stuff. But sometimes, depending on how big the place is, the organization it, it takes several steps because mm-hmm. it has to be you send a request. The request has to be approved by the department. It has to be within budget. And all the stuff like that, and then a payment is made. So I cannot just order something and pay for it. Mm-hmm. It has to go through the purchasing department, right? And there are checks and balances within there that has to be met, mm-hmm. and then they will take it from there. All right. So based on what was just explained, and from my understanding, you can you use a purchase order? as a legally binding document and you don't have to provide anything else. Uh, unless there is a contract attached, I'm not, I'm not sure you can. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure. I think I found the video. Thank you, Donald. Appreciate it. I think I found the video. And so we weren't sure which compliance standard was being applied when we arrived at this finding. So we want clarity on that. So if you could just provide us with that clarity. Go ahead, Adrian. Mr. Chairman, before I address that, I'm just going to repeat something that I said earlier. The audit was undertaken in May 2020. The lockdown started March 2020. The aim of the audit was to provide guidance as well as to identify any missteps to give the Ministry of Health and other ministries as well an opportunity to address the, 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 the concerns or the deficiencies highlighted. So it really wasn't meant to be a debate, Mr. Chairman. We're talking about stewardship of uh, public monies and resources. So the permanent secretary apparently at the heart of this issue is that the expenditure of 619 million does not fall under 
the procurement guidelines because they rented hotel facilities. Mr. Chairman, I hold a different view. Because what I recall is that during that time, the hotels were closed. And what the government did was to rent the space to host persons who are quarantined. It's facilities. Nobody was sent on a weekend trip. It's facilities. No. I, I hear what the permanent secretary is saying. His view. But the aim of this audit is to ensure that there is transparency in the process, the tenets of transparency and accountability is upheld. Let me, I'm, I'm not done. So he's relying on a purchase order. The purchase order, as he says, and I'm going to ask the Minister of Finance to uh, actually clarify their position on this. He says can be used as a contract. That's not in debate either. But there are certain tenets that must be present. So if it is going to be used as a contract, the terms of agreement must be clearly stipulated to hold the supplier accountable and to protect the government. The purchase orders which I have included for the committee members to see contains absolutely nothing that would amount to a contract. In fact, the ministry used the purchase order as payment vouchers. When you look, that's not how a purchase order is supposed to be utilized. The purchase order is to set out very clearly. And so we weren't sure. So. <laughs> Just for some clarity, in some cases, um, a purchase order could be legally binding once the seller accepts the purchase order. So if they accept the purchase order, the, the buyer could be legally obligated to make the payment and the seller obligated to deliver that product. But it goes on to the, the specifics of the arrangement, I believe. Okay. What I am understanding, and there are more videos that I'm, I have to try and find, but there are more videos that you know where she goes on. But what I am hearing is some money the money not sound right <laughs> that's what i'm hearing the money not sound right the bill not sound right all right that is exactly what i'm hearing there's some there's some slackness going on there well, that's something your internal controls could take care of because it has to be approved. It cannot just, it has to be, it usually have to be approved by superior officers or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it has to clearly state exactly what it is you're paying for. Mm -hmm. What are you getting? What are you paying for? Delivery dates uh, and stuff like that. It depends on the contract. <laughs> well, it depends on what you're, you're dealing with. So it's not something that is just, you could question the price. <laughs> And not only that, there are limits when you're dealing with certain organizations. There are limits within which somebody could place orders. So some purchase orders based on what it is for or your level could only be done, let's say, within a $2,000 limit. If you go past a $2,000 or $5,000 limit, it has to go to a higher level for approval 
oh, it has to be signed off on and stuff like that. So these are like internal controls that are clearly defined within the organization. Okay. Can my calculator hold these numbers? Hold on. 33.5 million divided by how many people them so pass through the place? Uh, 6,000. Okay. That is okay. That. All right. Let me turn the calculator this way so I can hold the figures. See, when you're not accustomed to these large numbers, divided by what at 6,000? Hmm. The minister said that it is to be noted that approximately 6,000 people were accommodated at isolation and quarantine facilities over the COVID-19 response period. All right, the bill is $151 million. When you divide that by the 6,000 people, it comes down to an average of 25,166 per person. But they're saying here an average price of 57,327 dollars and26 per the math's not maxing. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I must be missing something. Each facility may not be um, the same price. Hmm? Say that again. Say that again. Each, each facility or so may not be the same price. Or it may not be. So it but across the board, when you look at maybe the average, you take like a middle ground. Mm -hmm. That's probably where the middle ground is falling. Okay. So there may be different pricing structure within that. All so right. you just take a middle so you just find a middle ground that comes out to okay. that. Fair enough. Fair but enough. The average could be skewed if one or two numbers is very big or very low, so you have to be careful with the averages also. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I tell you something, Donald, something not sit right with me, and I'll lie to you. <laughs> Go ahead, James. Good morning. Yeah, morning, morning. Yeah, yeah. To me it just seemed like politics because <laughs> it it's for me, the, the, the problem that I would see would be like not purchase order, but the whole procurement process. Um, like in terms of like not not um, giving the, the, the opportunity to, to people that um, you're close to, but tendering um, procurement for like the best, the best value um, per, per um, you know, value per buck or whatever. Um, but in terms of the, per, because um jamaica is not the only place that had to do that we can we can argue about the covid whether it was valid for the world to be locked down and stuff like that but right across the world hotels have been turned into hospital i know here in in our city a lot of hotels were rented out um because the hotels were empty um so the government say like okay we're gonna use like one stone and kill two birds per se like we're going to try and keep these hotels open um, and the hospitals are overrun. So what we're going to do, we're going to turn a lot of these hotels into hospital rooms so um, people are not um, sleeping on or not in, in the corridors of um, hospitals. They're in a hotel room. They get the extra ventilators that they had and they used those hotel rooms. So it's happened right across the world. But the procurement process now, you know, are government officials using this 
um, COVID thing to, 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 to make sure that their people, you know, are, are, are benefiting from this. So if they put it out, the procurement out, and, and they're, they're getting the best value, and, and these facilities are not linked back to the government, then I don't think that the, the purchase order or anything like that, because this this is like not an everyday event. This is a once in a lifetime, once in a generation um, thing. So, you know, it's not anything. There's no um, play playbook of how to deal with stuff like this, because it never happened before in, in, you know, the PMP has never dealt with this before. GLP has never dealt with this before. So for me, I think once they think that the procurement process was 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 valid and we're getting good, you know, buck for dollar and, and there's transparency, then I don't think there should be an issue. So it does seem like politics to me. That's what it sounds like. All right. So in my um, limited understanding, just thinking as someone, if I'm to get into business, if I'm going to put up a building, right? So I'm going to secure the the services. Uh, I need an architect. I need a contractor. And the contractor um, is going to tell me, if the contractor looks at me and says to me, okay, it is going to cost you $5 million to put up this building, right? Okay, what does this $5 million in, involve? Well, you know, the material and the labor, okay? What material is involved? Cement, steel, aggregate, or um, backhoe, because if you clear out the, the, the place and, you know, the list goes on. I need a breakdown. Because I'm not just going to hand over a check of $5 million. I'm not doing that. So you present to me a budget plan so to speak right the, the the labor breakdown the different um job functions mason carpenter plumber electrician everything i need a complete breakdown um yeah so once you present that to me then i'm going to start dispersing now get everything at once either now I do it then I'll start dispersing as we go along. Yeah. Now, as I disperse to you, we're, so we're going to agree. You're going to give me this budget, this estimate, whatever. We're going to come to an agreement because, of course, I'm going to do my research too because you're not going to tell me, say, one bag of cement, a $500 when me do the check on a $300. You ain't doing that to me. Find somebody else, not me. So, we, 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 we come to an agreement. I accept what you have said. So, upon accepting, okay, I'm going to give you my check. You're going to give me an invoice. Every time I give you a check, you have to give me a receipt, so to speak. A receipt of what I have paid for so that I can have that for my records. Am I making sense? Or am I missing something? Tell me. Yeah, I think I think the number in... in in the thing that you're reading or what you're talking about, I think the, the figure that's missing is the amount of days spent because it said, um, if I if I heard correctly, fifty something thousand dollars um, 
that would cover the weekend, like a three day. From three but, days to thirty-three days. So some people were there for three days, and some yeah. people were there for thirty-three days. So it's an average number that they gave us, roughly. Yeah. So, so what I'm getting from it, like the the the, the fifty thousand, which sounds pretty much correct, would would cover like a three day stay at a hotel. That would be like at a discounted. Because any any of those hotels in Jamaica, no, for three days you're looking at a hundred thousand, right? Okay. Um. So fifty thousand sound about correct for like a three day. So I think the the, the figure that's missing is um, of the the, the total six thousand people that stayed, mm -hmm. how many stayed for three days? How many stayed for twenty days? Mm -hmm. How many stayed for ten days? I think those are the figures that that the numbers are not adding up because. You don't, we don't have the figures of like, because some people could be there just for the weekend just to see that, you know, they do the second test and, and it shows that, okay, we don't have COVID. Um, people could be there for 15 days because they had COVID and it's going to take the 15 days to to, mm -hmm. to do follow-up tests and not show a symptom. Some people could be there for like 20 days. So I think that number, the number of days are what's missing. That's why the figure is not adding up. There is not an itemized breakdown. That is what the issue is. And that's the problem she's having. That's the problem the auditor is having. I'm not seeing what um, is going to add up to this. Give me a proper... I think at the end of it all, whether they're going to use a purchase order, a loan, and a contract attached to it, I think the issue that she's having is the breakdown, how the money really go. And they don't want to give the breakdown of how the money really go. That, that's what it is, the long and short of it. And that's the problem I'm having. Why can't I see an itemized thing, bill, whatever, invoice, whatever you want to call it at that point? I need it broken down for me. How many people stayed for one day, two day, three days, so on and so forth? Is that hard? So why not become a rocket science? Just what you pay for, that's it. <laughs> why do we have to go all around? What's the invoice? What do you pay for? What's the contract? What do you pay for? How did they bill you? They had to bill you. Mm -hmm. You bill you, pay the invoice. That's it. Yeah. it has to state what is what 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 you pay for. Exactly. That's what that you really want. All this thing. That's all she wants, you know, Daniel. Break it down to me. That's all. Yeah, but is that easy to find? It's easy to find, but they don't want to do it, and we understand why they don't want to do it. Because I like never got that saw. Simple maths. <laughs> What, what, what did we say yesterday? Two plus two equals seven. <laughs> it has to go to who you, to who you get the service from. <laughs> they could have arrangement. They could be whatever personal arrangements, or you, you didn't. Um, as um, James said, the procurement process was transparent or so. But you can't cut a check and take half the check and stuff like that. So it has to go to who you you pay and who you pay must know what you pay them for mm -hmm. and then give you the commission also if you pay an invoice or you pay for a service or something you may not like the price but there is no question as to there should be no question as to what you pay for mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right all right yeah, yeah but 
you, the thing, the problem of having moments is that your both political party in Jamaica benefit from this type of stuff. You know, so when whenever these things can happen, it's like the potter call the keke black, right? And you know, nobody's attempting to fix it because in in other countries across the world, like they have a, a system where you know you go on the government website, you go, you know, for your your local council, you go um, federal, you go like there 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 are ways to find out um, in 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 countries across the world. Like for example, like in my city. Like each MP, MPP, whatever, whatever area you go into, um, there's a breakdown. You can go online, and in my area, you can go online. You can find a breakdown of the average household income in my area. You can, you can go on the same site, and you can find like if there's a road work that's taking place, or there's some development, you you can go and you can get information that when this project starts. When it's going to end, um, if if anything to do with government, where they are like fixing road or doing any infrastructure that's government related, you can go as a citizen and you can find out. So, for example, like if there is there's roads being done in 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 Jamaica in your community and your MP in that area, you should be able to go on a government website, pull up your area, and see how much was spent on this road. But because both parties benefit from the type of hustle culture, nobody is willing to, to take the step to put these things up so that the public can have all the information because both parties, PMP and GLP, benefit from the hustle culture. So that's the thing. Like There, there should be, as, as, as Jamaicans, you should be able to go on a website and see the hotels that um, these people, the money that was spent at these hotels for COVID, how many people stayed there? You should see a breakdown on the government website. And and it should be standard that no party, like whether GLP or PMP can hustle the system, but they're not willing to fix it because, you know, GLP get for them partner draw now, and then when them lose, PMP are going to get for them partner draw. So they're both benefiting from it. I'm on the partner draw. Oh, Lord. Thank you, James. Thank you, Tyler. Are we going to keep it moving next up? <laughs> Panda job, I like that one. I like that one. You have reached the final frontier in music. Outside of here, you will find nothing greater. His musical genius will manifest into reality. Be prepared and tune your musical ear into the sounds of Waggity. His impressive, skillful expertise will annihilate all other competition. Love out for the Waggity. Yes, what King Waggity. Anyone who has played in the sound system arena knows of its competitive nature. Well, it has been 45 summers of Waggity. He that's how long he has been in the game. In South Florida, yes, the South Florida legend was toast of of an event at Backyard in Fort Lauderdale on April 29. Artists, music industry players, Florida state and county administrators and legislators packed the venue in tribute to his long career. Story courtesy of JamaicaObserver.com Still playing after 45 years, 
It doesn't feel like it because I love playing music, seeing people dance and have fun, but I take them on a music journey during my sets. Waggy T was speaking with the Jamaica Observer, taking them from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s and beyond. Makes me feel good and appreciated by the audience, singing out to parts of the songs and vibing to my energy. That makes me full joy what I do. The party, which featured several sound systems, was co-produced by Jamie Young and Gart of YI Party and Absolute Adventure and Elaine Jean of Let There Be Reggae. It was preceded by a function for specially invited guests, including Broward County Commissioner Hazel Rogers and former Florida House of Representative member Anika Omfroy, who presented Waggy T with proclamations acknowledging his contributions as a sound system operator and disc jockey. There were performances by Hopeton Lindo and his son, Wayne Wanda, Galaxy P, and Julian Marley. Other artists and entertainment figures who attended the event were Ali Cat, Gyptian, Munga Honorable, Music producer Troy John Ramey, Howie and Angela Chin from VP Records, Eddie Edwards of the Grace Jamaican Jerk Festival, comedian Major Hype, and Homer Blair of Queer Clothing. Born Andrew Chu Sang, Waggy moved to South Florida in 1977 while still a student at St. George's College. His King Waggy sound system became a fixture in the region during the 1980s. And by the next decade, he was among South Florida's most influential in dancehall and reggae. Waggy who was also a DJ on WEDR 99 Jams, believes the music scene has transformed considerably since he started his career and this is what he had to say the game has changed for this generation of artists in their music presentation they feel that they don't truly need sound system djs to play their music first the internet and social media plays a role now and they're using that as a platform to promote and visualize their songs and if it goes viral they feel we as sound system selectors have to play it young who was known as Waggy T, or for 35 years, um, well, I'm sorry, Young, who has known Waggy T for 35 years, hailed his contributions. The great Swiss beat said, you have to last at least 10 summers to be considered for goat status. And Waggy T has lasted 45 summers, and he is still hot. Waggy T is not underrated. He is under-celebrated. And I invited the community to join me in doing something about that. He said, yes, the great King Waggy T. He is, but I think, doesn't he still come on on 99 Jams at night? On, um, is it Friday night or Saturday? Friday night. Friday night. Friday night. Yeah. Hey, Rio Solo, another one for the books. Waggy T. King Waggy T. King Waggy T. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. King Waggetine. Yep. He deserves every accolade. I don't know if you can hear me. I don't have yeah, man, we can hear you loud and clear. Okay, good. He deserves every accolade he gets. Because I remember being living in Florida in the 90s. Waggy T was the hottest DJ around. And Waggy T still now to me in Fort Lauderdale is one of the Miami area, South Florida area, I should say, one of the hottest DJs around. It's his diversity. He says, and he's right. They don't appreciate them. They don't think the DJ, they didn't need the DJs to play their music anymore. And then when their songs do go viral, they say, how oh, DJs aren't playing their songs. But they didn't, they don't give the DJs the same respect that the DJs got in the 70s. 
70s and the 80s and earlier. So he deserves this accolade and many, many more. I so congratulations. Congratulations. He is the GOAT. To me, he is the GOAT. I, he's my favorite. So I may be biased, but I love Waggy T. You're not biased at all. <laughs> You know, um, Chief, I don't know. I'll be honest, I don't know what the T stands for. Waggy T. We, we need to know why he, how he got that name. And I'm sure we can find that out easily. Um, hold on. Let me jump on Google here. King Waggy T. What do you got to say about that? The man, the DJ, the king. Oh, do you know that he has um, a music scholarship program in South Florida, by the way, in case you didn't know? Um, I'm trying to say, how did he end up with that name? Hmm. I'm not saying. I think that's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Easy to find out, though. Not too hard to find. I'll find out for you, Chief, and let you know. <laughs> not too hard to find out. So, um, congratulations, Waggy um you've done an amazing job i must say that you have paved the way for many many have gone into the business because of you and uh, yeah keep up the good work all right it's time for us to take a quick break when we return we have stories out of latin america and on the international scene it is cinco de mayo we are celebrating here yes i am at least <laughs> it's a good excuse to drink a whole lot of tequila Margaritas and act a complete fool. Aclaremos que oscurece. Dejémonos ya estupideces. Llevamos peleando un par de meses. Y ya yo te lo he dicho tantas veces. Trato de empezar una conversación. Pero no me das ni un poco de tu atención. Siempre hacer lo que te da la gana Y lo quieres arreglar todo en la cama Pero no pienses eso, mami Me gusta Cuando yo te tengo como yo te trago el mundo Desnuda De donde salió tanta mala y tanta riescura Me gusta Eso que me dices pero sé que son excusas No hay duda Dices que me quieres
Muchas gracias. I'm sorry. Thank you to everyone logged on and listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMCRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. It is Cinco de Mayo! <laughs> what can I say? This is the voice of Selena. Baila esta cumbia. Thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Popular Mexican folk song. 
La cucaracha. I think we, we all know what that is. And you're guaranteed to hear this song playing somewhere at a Latin restaurant today or tonight. Ya no puede caminar, porque no tiene, porque le falta un tequila pa' gritar. Los soldados más valientes la querían enamorar, pero ya en su amor mandaba el gran Z sin igual. Los soldados más valientes la querían enamorar, pero ya en su amor mandaba El gran está sin igual, la cucaracha, la cucaracha, ya no puede caminar, porque no tiene, porque le falta dinero para gastar. Cuando combatía su tropa en terrenos de Irapuato, a la cucaracha hirieron en la pierna de un balazo. Cuando combatía su tropa en terrenos de Irapuato. A la cucaracha hirieron en la pierna de un balazo La cucaracha, la cucaracha ya no puede caminar Porque no tiene, porque le faltan dos muletas para andar Aquí termina el corrido de tan afamada hembra Que a su coronel mataron, hoy consigo queda sola Aquí termina el corrido de tan afamada hembra que a su coronel mataron hoy con su hijo queda sola la cucaracha, la cucaracha So basically the cockroach can't walk anymore doesn't have <laughs> doesn't have any marijuana para humar no weed to smoke <laughs> Listen, I learned this song from when I was very young I've always heard it, but I never knew what they said. I just knew they were talking about a roach. Yeah, la cucaracha, la cucaracha, y ya no puedo caminar. La cucaracha. <laughs> you know what? Let me get back to it. Coming up, we're going to have stories out of Latin America and from the international scene. Y aquí guardé tu lugar y mantengo el mismo número por si algún día me llaman. Piénsalo, los besitos y los abrazos allá en Nueva York. En pleno invierno, pero ellos te daban calor. Sé que igual que yo, lo llevo hasta todo en tu corazón. Fácil, rapidito conseguiste un reemplazo. Y de repente te buscaste un payaso. Ya sabes cómo estoy, también dónde encontrarme por si acaso. Thank you to my Clubhouse family. Thank you for joining me for Cinco de Mayo inside the Friday Mix. After all, this is where the conversation happens. Thank you to everyone listening online. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee Until World News on the Go. We do this every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. This is 
This is Gloria Estefan. Caridad. que va en silencio entonando una poesía desnudando el sentimiento cosechando la alegría cuando el amor es sincero se hace eterno en la distancia I think I have time for one more this is one of my favorites from Mark Anthony absolutely love this song Vivir mi vida So I gotta pull this one back up. I'm sorry. I absolutely love this one. Yes, Teflon. <laughs> See, I can't say Teflon <laughs> in Miami. Is it Teflon?
yes, my friends, you might as well laugh, live your life, enjoy whatever comes. You're going to get cut along the way. You're going to get hurt, you know. But no point sitting down crying. It makes no sense. Just get up and just live. Enjoy life. And now it is time for our Latin American Corner. Thank you, Celia Cruz. Well, according to CNN Travel, you know the old saying, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Well, these are, we kid you not, actual questions people ask about the holiday Cinco de Mayo. When is Cinco de Mayo? Cinco de Mayo? What is Cinco de Mayo in Spanish? Cinco de Mayo. When is Cinco de Mayo celebrated in Mexico? On Cinco de Mayo. When is Cinco de Mayo celebrated in the U.S.? Cinco de Mayo. When is Cinco de Mayo in Portland, Oregon? We've been through this already. When was the Cinco de Mayo War? There was no Cinco de Mayo War. The holiday celebrates Mexico's victory over France in the Battle of Puebla on May 5th, 1862. It was a relatively minor battle. The French reclaimed Puebla a year later but a symbolic one because a small Mexican army defeated a larger occupying force. By 1867, Mexican troops had driven France from the country. Many Americans assume Cinco de Mayo is Mexico's Independence Day. It is not. That holiday falls on September 16 and commemorates the Grito de Dolores, a priest's ringing of a church bell in the town of Dolores in 1810 that triggered Mexico's War of Independence from Spain. Is Cinco de Mayo a holiday in Mexico? It is not a federal holiday, although the day is celebrated in the Mexican state of Puebla with parades and fireworks. In the U.S., the day has become a marketing tool for restaurants, bars, beer companies, and makers of tequila. Is Cinco de Mayo the Day of the Dead? No. Dia de los Muertos, or Day of the Dead, is a three-day holiday in which families across Mexico gather to remember deceased friends and family members. It's usually held from October 31 to November 2. Is Cinco de Mayo cultural appropriation? No, but you should avoid wearing items that reinforce Mexican cultural stereotypes, such as sombreros and fake mustaches. So where is Cinco de Mayo? Wherever you want it to be. If your party game is strong, Cinco de Mayo could even be a state of mind. And our absolutely favorite question is Cinco de Mayo about mayonnaise. No. <laughs> Yeah, Cinco de Mayo. For me, an excuse to drink. And drink, I will. And drink responsibly, people. Yes, folks. Stay home. And if you're going out, 
have a designated driver that will not drink. Or if you all want to have a good time having these shot, 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 shots, margaritas uh, with salt all around the rim, 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 rim. Do me a favor. Please call an Uber, Lyft, or whatever. Take a taxi, something. Do not get behind those steering wheels. I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. Please, thank you. You've been warned. Don't want to hear any sad stories over the weekend. All right, so next up. Hold on a second. Where did I, I think I skipped over something. I think, I think, I think I did. Mm, yeah, I did. <laughs> so here is another story from the Associated Press uh, via WSVN. Um, Cinco de Mayo celebrates Mexican culture, not independence. American bars and restaurants gear up every year for Cinco de Mayo, offering special deals on Mexican food and alcoholic drinks for the May 5th holiday that is barely celebrated south of the border. In the United States, the date is largely seen as a celebration of Mexican-American culture excuse me, stretching back to the 1800s in California. Typical festivities include parades, street food, block parties, mariachi competitions, and baile folklorico, or folkloric ballet, with whirling dancers wearing shiny ribbons and braids and bright ruffled dresses. For Americans with or without Mexican ancestry, the day has become an excuse to toss back tequila shots with salt and lime, and gorge on tortilla chips smothered with melted orange cheddar that's unfamiliar to most people in Mexico. That's brought some criticism of the holiday, especially as bear manufacturers and other marketers have capitalized on its festive nature, and some revelers embrace offensive stereotypes such as fake droopy mustaches and gigantic straw sombreros. With May 5th falling at the end of the work week this year, festivities are kicking off Friday evening with happy hours and pub crawls in cities, including Hollywood featuring $4 bears, two-for-one margaritas, and a boozy party aboard a yacht on Chicago's Lake Michigan with Musica Norteño, or Northern Mexico music and ballads called Corridos. Well, celebrations are planned throughout the weekend, especially in places with the large Mexican-American populations, such as Los Angeles, Houston, New York, San Antonio, and Washington, D.C. I know they have a huge Mexican population in, um, in Atlanta, too, so I'm surprised that one is not on the list. But, folks, just I will just say this again. Enjoy responsibly. All right? Have fun. And respectfully respectfully yes thank you for inserting that sonnet that's always important always okay now we head on to the international scene okay while i'm waiting for this while i'm waiting for this who wants to practice rolling their r's <laughs> all right here we go finally up oh, mona hear me mona bona mugabe's eight million dollar home Assets exposed in divorce angers Zimbabwe. Story courtesy of aljazeera.com. This week it was revealed that Mugabe, 
Bona, the only daughter of Zimbabwe's pioneer president, Robert Mugabe, owns vast swaths of land in premier residential areas in the capital, Harare, 21 farms, an $8 million mansion in Dubai, and a fleet of luxury cars and more. The assets named during ongoing divorce proceedings between the younger Mugabe and her former airline pilot husband, Simba, have triggered outrage in the South African country. Mugabe, 33, and Chikori, 46, have been married for nine years. But earlier this year, Mugabe filed for the nullification of their union, citing irreconcilable differences. Chikori, who is contesting the divorce, insists he is entitled to joint custody of the couple's three children and part of the assets the pair jointly acquired should the Harare court grant the request. The acrimonious separation has shone the light on the staggering wealth accumulated by the longtime Zimbabwe ruler's family, with court documents seen by Al Jazeera indicating that there is an $80 million real estate portfolio in the ex-president's family. Chukore also listed numerous cars, including an $800,000 Rolls Royce and three Range Rovers, as some of the assets the family owns. Bona's lawyer confirmed the property's authenticity in the court papers to the press. Zimbabweans this week angrily took to social media to protest the shocking revelations about the Mugabe family wealth. This is how dirty Mugabe was. Just the tip of the iceberg. Imagine what his other kids and himself own. His uncles, aunts, rats, dogs, and friends, one Facebook user wrote. Musa Kika, a lawyer and executive director of the Zimbabwe Human Rights NGO Forum, said Chikora's claims, if proven to be accurate and true, would suggest unconstitutional distribution of wealth on account of proximity to political power. If proven to be true and accurate, this goes against the spirit of our constitution. Our constitution requires equitable distribution of the finite resource of land and expressly states in section 2932 that the state may not alienate more than one piece of agricultural land to the same person and his or her dependents. According to him, the term alienate includes both leasing and selling of land. Stephen Chuma, youth interim spokesman of the Citizens Coalition for Change, Zimbabwe's main opposition, said the divorce case had proven that the land reform exercise was never about landless majority, but was meant to self-enrich leaders of the post-colonial state. The land reform exercise was a controversial campaign in the early 2000s by the older Mugabe, who seized land from white farmers for apparent redistribution to landless blacks. Critics accused him of reallocating the lots to friends and allies then, and the allegations have resurfaced again. The one-man, one-farm principle has been thrown into the dustbins by the ZANU-PF ruling party. Looting committee, Chuma told Al Jazeera. When will we ever get away from corruption and greed and everything? It, it seems as though there is a playbook that every world leader gets. Everyone. Every politician, quite frankly. And you have different levels, right? 
Like you have grades, you have grade one, grade two, grade three. Mm -hmm. But I tell you this, it hurts my heart even more when the corruption is rampant amongst black leaders. We rescue our countries from the shackles of colonialism. And then we turn around and harm our people just the same. Why are we do why why is this done? Monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> so while under the oppression, while being oppressed, the very things you are doing are the very things that you complained about. Am I right or am I wrong? And you vowed that when once you got your once you got your opportunity, you were going to turn the tables and you are going to do this and you're going to do that and the other. But you're no different. Which means that you were only waiting for your turn to take advantage of your people. And this is not just Mugabe. This is globally. Show me a leader, and I think I've asked this question before. Show me a leader who has set aside selfish desires and is truly serving its people. Paul Kigame, Rwanda. Hmm. Can we have more, Donald? Is that, that is that where the, the that's it? Nobody else? Come on, Donald, you can do better. I'm hushed. I'm fighting here. I think um I think um before Mogo Foley died in um Tanzania, he did it, and that the president there, that female, that lady that take over from Mogo Foley, I think she's doing a reasonable job there too. But um, in cases like that, the, the case you just read there, we just take take, take back everything. Give them a three-bedroom house or something like that and a plot of land. But take, just take everything. Take it, take it, take it. Take it. Because we know it, they, they didn't work for that. We have to get ruthless with these people. Yes. You understand? Ruthless. Like, literally. You know, okay, we send your children to school for free. We give, we give you a blight. That's it. Something like that, man. Lock them up. I'm sick of it. You have to get like Singapore. You have to get like Singapore. You have to jail them. So how okay. how do you recommend we go about getting this done now? Um, <sighs> adopt Singapore's policies, point blank. The thing is, a lot of this 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 parties has a real hole on the societies in which they are. So it's like, look at the US. It's like 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 Donald Trump being president. He doesn't care what he do. He has a certain amount of following. Imagine he has the majority. Then he can do as he feel. If he has a a super majority, you could change laws, you could do whatever. People would suffer and fight amongst, blame each other, but they wouldn't say, is he running the country into the ground? So you have similar stuff like that in a lot of these countries. But you have to have somebody with the intestinal fortitude to self-sacrifice and make the changes. Mm -hmm. Such a shame. And there are people, and this is what I can't understand. And I'm probably not why, I, I don't know, my wiring is probably wrong. 
it's probably wrong. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't fit into this world because the way I think things should be are the way things people will not want them to be. As a leader, if I say I care about my people, why do I have the need to be in a mansion, a palace? Why does it need to be me? Okay, let's say for example, I'm a family of six. And let's say everybody gets their own bedroom. Do I need more than five bedrooms? Four children, myself and my husband. Okay, let's say six. You have a spare bedroom. Okay. Do I need to have 12 people working for me at the house, cleaning and cooking? Do I really need that? I'm just trying to be realistic here. Because the more expenses I take on, it's the more burden I'm putting on the taxpayer. Would I be able to sustain all these um, privileges on my salary, the salary that is given to me by the people? I know we spoke about privileges that people are entitled to, right, James, when we spoke about the Canadian president, and I get it, whatever he is, president, prime minister, I get it. Yes, you're going to get certain privileges without a doubt. And so you have to take that into consideration when, you know, that I don't need to be doing certain things. Now, if the, um, oh, Drew, I'm so sorry. I'm, I wasn't seeing Drew. Go right ahead. I, I apologize. Go ahead, Drew. Good morning. <clears throat> um, I just, you know, I, I appreciate your heart and I, I see where you're coming from. And it's not that it's something wrong with you. It's, it's a good and a noble thing to want to lead um, from a good place. It's just, it's, it's one of those things where I see what you're saying, but I can't allow myself to get too bogged down in it because this is the way that things have been for a while. Um, there have been some people who have come into leadership roles globally that have tried to do the right thing. Um, there are some that come in and they have their own agenda. But I don't, it's like I try not to get bogged down with it because I don't think that, I don't know if it will ever change. And so I try to focus my attention on what I can. And it's like the corruption, I feel like is going to be there. My thing is how can I best navigate it? You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's my prayer. Like, you know, Lord, you know, whoever's in there, just, you know, keep us, you know, because, you know, it's, when you when you look at things you know the corruption that's there i mean how hard is it for you to go in there and change all of that because there are people in there that really want those things in place and we don't know how 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 far they're willing to go to keep it mm -hmm. and so um it's like i say it's weird because you know I believe that there are people that come in there that do want to do some good. 
Um, and I also think that there are people in there that just want to keep the status quo. Either way, it's going to keep continuing. So I have to figure out a way to move in spite of it, you know, and unfortunately that's how it is. Now I, I don't want to be a party pooper in that respect, but I don't <laughs> want you to, I don't want you to get bogged down because it's like, it's like, cause you know, it's, it's been going on for so long that it, it's one of those act of God kind of things to get it to change. It's like, you, cause we're, it's not a policy issue. It's a heart issue. And if mm-hmm. it's a heart issue, it's a sin issue. And if it's a sin issue, it's way deeper. It's spiritual. So, you know, it's, it, yeah, it is what it is. I'm sorry. It is. And we just got to figure out the best way to move. And I think one of those ways is for us to not be at each other's throat and actually work together Yes, and figure this thing out on our own because, uh, it's not. It's not going to come from Washington. And I don't, where, where, wherever, wherever in the world you are, it's, it's not going to come from. You know, whether it's your parliament, your monarchy, whatever the situation, it ain't going to come from that. So. <sighs> Good morning, Afu. Thank yeah, you, Drew. I, Go yeah, ahead, Afu. I think all them things are from ever since man coming to power. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, something that's been going on from for centuries now. You know, uh, uh, them coming to power, them have all this wealth. Um, them have the biggest castle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, the biggest castle, the most soldiers and um, the biggest statue and you know and stuff like that. Without a below a marble, gold, bronze, you name it. Uh, but regardless of that, you have a few where. Still try to do for the people, like Mansa Musa, the richest man of the world. You know, um, everywhere him go, him get gold. You know, I think at one point him say almost like collapse or some country or something like that. I'm just like give everybody gold as him walk and you know stuff, stuff like that. So, but yeah, you have some who just make this greed just take over them. You know, this greed. So you come into all this wealth. And you say, all right, yeah, want to make sure you say your family and you know close friends good. And it's like them try to keep the wealth amongst themselves and you know very close family members and friends. But the people them who you say are rule over, you know, are you are you use this voice for them? You 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 um you neglect them and you don't want to give them nothing. And you continue for tick 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 tick, and I get fat up your pockets and your accounts while the people them are get like drawn out you know what I mean so that aware this whole greed just come in and just take over and it's like them just get lost you know just, just, just get lost and every politicians and whoever you know, you know power them, them just come for do the same you know, and, the, and it seems like the few will just come out and say, hey, you know, we're going to try for the good, then we'll get assassinated, like Patrice Lumumba and others, you know. Go say, hey, you know what, all right, Moafi, be one of those politicians and one of those uh, uh, voices where I stand up for the people, but not just make sure say things good by my side, but good for the people as well, you know, and then get rid of them, so... I feel like I just this this greed, yo. The man, man, mankind, you know, all for just 
resist greed. <laughs> but feel, yeah, but I feel like them don't know if I just resist greed and just not get caught up in that. You get what I mean? I say, yeah. Mean, yeah, I feel like this is a greed thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they come into so much wealth and like they don't know what to do. But just enrich themselves even more. You know what I mean? Because all the hell me can they in our country, I see the situation, I, you know what I mean? I see what I go on with other countries or other countries treat my people. I mean, in our place of power, in our place of ruling, and instead of trying to pass on the wealth amongst others, I go set the boom now and just try to enrich myself while my people and I might get poor. And every day I would promise them false dreams and all kind of foolishness. And I mean, in a sense, that straight up evil person, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there's a special place down the hell wait for, you know what I mean? <laughs> These people. Oh so, boy. It just, it just sad. It's, it just real and truly sad, yo. You know what I mean? So that I go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, to this day, you know, it's just real and truly sad. Um, thank you, Drew. Thank you. Um, Afro, someone else's mic is open. Go right ahead. James. All right. Yeah, so, go ahead and then we're going to keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've come to realize is like, never trust a billionaire who said that he has, um, a plan to eradicate poverty and stuff like that in the world. It never works. You know, Bill Gates come with that nonsense. Um, and you, you just see him getting richer and richer. Um, now Elon Musk was on a campaign the other day about the same thing, making um, other people eliminating poverty in, in certain parts of the world. It's just like a joke. It's almost like they're mocking people. And one thing, if I don't know if you ever take note, like the countries, especially in Europe and North America, that have the least amount of billionaires, have the highest middle class. I'm not sure if, if, if you notice like Germany, Sweden and those places, they're not on the top of the chart where it comes down to billionaires. Um, but if you realize the countries with the most billionaires um, have the the... the the largest lower class, like the middle class, is like shrinking. When you check the countries where you see people are working like 35 hours a week and their quality of life is is decent, you know, they don't have to do two jobs. Um, they don't have to be like, you know, like places where, you know, like as a single person you can survive. You don't have to be in a relationship, sometimes in a bad relationship, because it's going to take two income to to to, to run a, a home. Most of those countries, um, in Europe especially, they are not in the top 10 where the billionaires, on the billionaires list. But when you look at, say, like US, Canada, and those places that have millionaires and billionaires, like the numbers skyrocketing, the more billionaires they have, the uh-huh. the middle class just like shrink because like it's like they're it's it's like it's not feasible to to have these the one percent just increasing and the the middle class increase at the same time something have to give if if you're gonna if you're the billionaire list is gonna not get bigger but in terms of acquiring more billions then something have to give and normally it's a middle class shrinking mm-hmm. like you, you can hardly find a household now in like i know of a, a, a couple that's making like something like two hundred thousand dollars um in canada and and they have a mortgage and they have to drive uber just to buy food because the mortgage for like 
a home that's like a million dollars with with a, a couple that's making two hundred thousand. They're struggling, you know. So it, it's ridiculous. It's beyond ridiculous. Thank you, everyone. All right, I gotta keep it moving. Um, <laughs> Indigenous leaders demand apology reparations from King Charles. Letter on coronation eve urges monarch to acknowledge the horrific legacy of British colonial rule. Boy. <laughs> I don't think it's going to end for these people. They might as well just say, you know what? Let's just give back what we can and call it. Take our losses and keep it moving. Um, this story is courtesy of aljazeera.com. On the eve of King Charles's coronation, indigenous leaders from around the globe have called on the British monarch to apologize and to make amends for what they call genocide. A letter published on Friday by 12 indigenous advocacy groups and former British colonies demanded the new king acknowledge the horrific impacts on and legacy of genocide and colonization. Uh, are you hearing me? Someone's mic is open. I hope you're hearing me. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Okay. Oh, it's Crystal. Crystal, I'm closing your mic for you. All right. Thank you, Afo. I get so accustomed to know when I hear a mic open oh, no, while well, I'm reading it might mean that y'all are not hearing me. <laughs> That's a signal for me now. All right, thank you. A joint letter published on Friday by 12 indigenous advocacy groups for former British colonies demanded the new king acknowledge the horrific impacts on and legacy of genocide and colonization of the indigenous and enslaved peoples of Antigua and Barbuda, New Zealand, Australia, the Bahamas, Belize, Canada, Grenada, Jamaica, Papua New Guinea, St. Kitts and Nevis, St. Lucia, and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. The letter also listed key demands, including a formal apology, the repatriation of the remains and cultural artifacts of indigenous peoples, financial reparations, and requests the king to help our communities recover from centuries of racism, oppression, colonialism, and slavery. Rawiri Waititi, a co-leader of New Zealand's Te Patimora Party and a signatory to the letter, told Al Jazeera that indigenous peoples are speaking up around the world to ensure that the crown takes full responsibility for the impacts, the damage and hurt it created. British colonization began in the late 16th century, and at its height in 1922, the United Kingdom, with the monarch as its head of state, held sway over more than 450 million people across nearly a quarter of the globe. Indigenous peoples and colonies such as Australia, New Zealand, and Canada were severely harmed by the invasion of their traditional lands, and thousands were killed as the British sought to cement control over the territories they had seized. Indigenous people were also exposed to new diseases, while punitive assimilation policies led to the loss of language and culture, and the forced removal of children and policies that continued into the second half of the 20th century. Communities throughout the Caribbean were affected in similar ways, while slavery uprooted millions from Africa to work on sugar plantations throughout the islands. This effect of these actions, which the joint signatories describe, or signatories rather describe as crimes against humanity, resulted in an intergenerational legacy of trauma and inequities in key social indicators, such as high incarceration rates and endemic poverty in affected indigenous communities. 
I don't think it's right now. I don't know if we notice, but there is definitely a shift happening with the awakening. And I have a feeling. I hope it happens in my lifetime. I really hope it does. But I do have a feeling that sooner than later, there is going to be a huge shift happening. The tables are going to turn. We like to be cry and cry down Hitler. But the British monarchy makes Hitler look like child's play. The British monarchy is responsible for the most genocide, the most killing in the world. By far. Yeah. They should be held accountable for that. Yeah. It's you know what is weird? I saw a thing on TikTok. I don't think I tagged it, but I saw a thing on TikTok where um they were doing a comparison between the Holocaust and slavery. And they're saying that um what's his name? Hitler, how wicked he is, and he's a murderer and for killing two million Jews. But nothing is said of the colonizers and what they did to black people. You know, most King Leopold killed during the, the, the royal rubber harvest in Africa. Monster. Hitler has Monster. nothing, pan, um, nothing pan, um, uh, King Leopold will do to the Africans eh, with, with the um, uh, rubber harvesting and all them something. Eh. You see, the, you, know, you remember the, the chocolate hand that we used to have? Uh, people used to buy a little chocolate on them and that them get it from them. You know. They used to cut off, cut off the, 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 the workers' hand. In a matter of woman, man and child, and used to get cut off. You get what I say? And these evil entities make chocolate with more chocolate hand and all them something there. And they know where they get it from. You get but if he, the, him, him have, Hitler have nothing at all. He, as, as we Daniel said, Hitler tries to play. Compared to where King Leopold do and others, what them what them did in Africa are do to the the, um, the 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 African people them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, man. And, and these people are celebrated. This is this is the other thing about it. We let's come to the U.S. for example. Past presidents, they're celebrated. Go ahead, Africa, Donald. Mm -hmm. Not just Africa, India. Look at what the British do to India. Yep, yep. The amount of killing and suffering, like they they, they can't finish pay India. They do it all over the world, all over the world to every continent. The British invade almost every country on the in the world. Every. How can how do we go about? demanding the dismantling of the monarchy how do we go about doing that who do we appeal to that the monarchy is done away with and everything is taken from them no no nobody because all of them are one all of them are one all of them depend on one account all depend on one agenda <laughs> so there's no one ah, to appeal to. I found the video. I found the video. I think I found the video. Hold on a second. I think I found the video. I think this is it. Because you cannot have two million Jews who die in.
Germany and you coin up words anti-Semitism, anti-what, anti-what to protect the Jews and you look over your shoulder you have more than 100 million blacks who have died and have been killed and there's no one who has come up with the concept of anti-black and Jews are allowed to celebrate and if you say anything against the Jews then you are labeled as anti-Semitic but can't black people do the same thing? We don't have control over the system that narrates this story so that we can actually be able to say, you cannot say to me two million Jews, whether it is true or it is exaggerated. That's a conversation for another day. But two million Jews die. Hitler is the most horrible man. Leopold kills 20 million Africans and he's still not the most worst man that ever lived. Can you process that? Hitler kills two million white people. He's the most evil man that ever lived. Because you cannot have two million Jews yeah <laughs> oh, do i laugh or do i cry or do i laugh to keep from crying two million you're horrible I can moments. 20 and million chief. nothing go right ahead donald i'm sorry yeah what i can say and chief reiterated that all the time I have never seen an oppressor who give up oppression because for some reason he find Jesus, Allah, Buddha, some divine intervention happen and he get a good heart and give up his spoils or make amends. Never. Every oppressor who has given up their oppression was defeated. The oppressed has taken back what they wanted from them. They had to rise up, find ways. So there is no way, so we could speak about the systems in America and all of us, but these systems are benefiting people. And there's no way the British government, the monarchy or anybody would say, hey, let's give back Africa, what is this? Let's give the Caribbean, what is this? We raped them for centuries of all the sugar and take the spoils and stuff. I'm not even talking about reparations. I'm talking about raping these countries for all their resources. It would, they would never give it back. Never. Because in giving it back, they have to acknowledge that they are criminals. And they like to put everybody else like criminals except themselves. So it would not happen. So that is why any solution that has to be found has to be found by us for us. It is that simple by us, for us. You can't go hat in hand. Because they, the cruelty they did, they haven't even acknowledged it. So why would they try to make amends? They will do one thing here or there to appease us, you know, or give you a street, give you a name, or some kind of insignificant nonsense. But they would never really make amends. Look at Haiti. Look at France. And what they're still doing to African countries, assassinate people like it is documented, but nothing would happen. So we have to decide what are we going to do, what are we going to leave for our children. And we have to take the steps on an individual basis and hopefully collectively to fix whatever problems we have. It is that simple. Thank you, Chief. I'm sorry, I said Chief Donald, sorry. <laughs>
remembers that song. <laughs> it is gonna fall. <laughs> I kid you not. It's just a matter of time. It is gonna fall though, and I'm here for it. Oh, and next, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, real quick. <laughs> no. Real quick, James, yeah, so, real quick. So I was gonna say, be careful what you wish for, because remember, I, I told you over and over again, as you know, Aselassie said that, you know, these people are not gonna be shamed into giving you um, reparation or apologizing in order for um, us to take our rightful place. Like there's gonna be a lot of shedding of blood and it's gonna be war. So be careful what you but wish But we for. don't have to do shedding of blood. Everybody's doing it through technology. Now, why can't we yeah, do it but, the same no, way? There the doesn't thing, have to be shedding is, of blood. The thing is, there's no sign in history. The, hist the, the earth is, is millions of years. Let, hold on a second, James. Not to cut you, but real quick. Think about this for a second. We are currently under attack in the U.S. You think it's being done by people pointing their guns at us? Yes, we have people losing their lives, but that is not where the attack is really coming. It's coming to us in other forms. Yeah, but, but the, pe the people that, that are attacking are the people that are the, the, the oppressors. But in order for the, the oppressors to, to, to be overtaken, it's going to be like there's no evidence in the history of this earth of any group um taken by their rightful place without war no evidence you know, with and i but james okay <laughs> all right let's look at the u.s and the problem i have with the people in the u.s is that they're the, the blacks in the u.s black and brown people in the US, they're not willing to come together and say right, we're united we stand and we're gonna do this money that's it we keep running to buy their things, especially uh, when I get it. I played a video yeah, the other day. I, I played a video the other day. Black people were responsible for turning around the fate of Cadillac. C Black people weren't allowed to own Cadillacs. You know how we're, they were not allowed to go in and buy, go into the dealership and buy a Cadillac. You know how they would own the Cadillacs? They give the money to them white counterparts. Or the white counterparts, them going and get it and then pay them $300 to go get the vehicle for them. I saw them get it. And somebody has recognized. Hold on a second. You, you made me find it back for you. Somebody has recognized how effective we were in saving the economy, saving that business. And I said, hold on. Instead of them paying these people the $300, make we get the $300 from, directly from the black people. They never want to do it, but they realize that black people are the way, the answer. We, 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 we have the power and we don't even recognize it. So don't tell me it can't be done. It can't be done. We just need to recognize our power. I, I don't think it has to be a matter of, if it's bloodshed, what? I guess, but I don't think that has to be the answer, honestly. Go ahead, Moments. James, go ahead. Do, do, you think, do you think it's a coincidence that no African country has nuclear weapon, no black country? Do you think that's coincidence? They're not going to allow because they know once, you know, the stronger powers, the oppressors have nuclear weapon, they have an advantage over you, right? So there's no way you're going to take a knife to a gunfight. So they'll make sure they'll do everything in their powers to keep any black nation from acquiring any weapon that could that could go toe and toe with them. You're not going to take a knife to a gunfight. And in the history, that's how they over overpower us. That's how they keep us in check. And 
it's never happened in the history of the world. Like, regardless of technology, regardless of whatever, it's never happened. Like, when you look at, um, you know, the world a thousand years ago and all the wars, like even the Jews, like even in Babylon and, and from, you know, biblical days, every people that have um, taken back their rightful power or their rightful place, blood had to be shed. No example in the history of this world that without blood being shed for people to take back their power. All right. None. I have to keep it moving. All right. Thank you, J um, thank you, James. I have to keep moving, unfortunately. I wish we could talk some more about it. But uh, I see what you're saying. I definitely see what you're saying. I guess I am not in favor of bloodshed, I will be honest. I really am not in favor of that. I think there are other ways. We just have to explore them. But hey, a visual guide to King Charles III's coronation from huge diamonds to ornate swords. These are the priceless symbols to know as Britain's new monarch is crowned. And I'm just going to... um, The Diamond Jubilee State Coach 2010. Mm -hmm. The celebrations begin when King Charles and Queen Camilla travel the Buckingham Palace, from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey. In a slight deviation from tradition, the couple will ride in the Diamond Jubilee State Coach, drawn by six Windsor Grey horses. Um, This coach, folks... Has a lot of gold, real gold. <laughs> Next up, the gold state coach from 1762. All gold. Next, we have the ampulla and coronation spoon. Gold. Oh, yes. And it's going to be used um, to anoint with a sacred oil by the archbishop. The sword offering, the sword of offering, 1820. And I would like us to take, you know, let me pin the link at the top of the page for my, my folks here on Clubhouse. Because I would love for us to take a real good look at these priceless symbols. I don't know how they can say they're priceless. Not that you can attach a price to the lives that have been lost. But they're certainly not priceless. I wish they could have um, worded it differently. But I invite my, I'm pinning the link at the top of the page on Clubhouse. I invite um, everyone to PTR and click on it and scroll through and take a look at the pictures. So, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Sana. I'm Javet, sorry. I always thought priceless mean that it it's valued so much you can't even put a value on it. You may be right there. But I don't like the way they put it in this article. Okay. I don't like it in this article. I really don't. It rubbed and, me the wrong way in this article. And that's because you have the history, but go ahead and tell them. <laughs> the sword of offering 1820. The next part is the investiture when the sovereign is dressed in golden vestments and presented with the coronation regalia. Among these precious objects is a sword of offering or jeweled sword it is a breathtaking piece made in 1820 and first used at the coronation of king george the fourth it has a steel blade mounted in gold and set with emeralds rubies sapphires and diamonds forming a rose thistle shamrock oak leaves acorns and a lion's head the sword is contained in an elaborate gold covered leather scabbard 
representative of knightly virtues. It is blessed by the archbishop, delivered to the king, and then offered up at the altar. After that, you have the sovereign's orb, 1661, used in every coronation since 1661. The orb is split into three sections, which represent the three continents known during the medieval period. It is set with 365 diamonds, 18 rubies, 9 emeralds, 9 sapphires, many of which are the original gemstones. The most precious jewel is the deep purple amethyst that surmounts the orb. And then you have the sovereign scepter with cross, 1661. This one has the Cullinan one diamond, which weighs an incredible 530 carats and has adorned the top of the gold rod since 1911, also known as the Great Star of Africa. It was cut from a spectacular 3,106 carat rough diamond mined in South Africa in 1905 and handed over to the British royal family by colonial authorities. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you have the crowning of the monarch ceremony, and that happens at the coronation chair, which came into being 1300 to 1301, made of Baltic oak decorated with patterns of animals foliage and so on ah let me tell you something it pains my heart as i look at each photo each photo with ornaments adorned with blood a moment we could start the reparations by the returning of the stolen artifacts used in the coronation everyone at them a great start everyone at them and if we take it back from them, if we go to no Antifa to hear it, they want lock up for stealing. But didn't they steal it from, from, from them? It was stolen. Thief, thief, run, thief. God laugh. I also want to see some African anthropologists come together and decide to exhume the degrees of some of these Western leaders. I said so the same we have thing. to go and dig up some of the degrees of the former queens and kings and so on and study them take them back to Africa and put them in museums. Hold on, Afro, 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 Afro. Yes, Donald. Yeah, we have to start to do that so that they're going to understand that all these so-called pharaohs and religious leaders and people they just take from Africa, even the dead they take. Let's start taking the dead. And let's <laughs> see what, how far that conversation going to go. Let's show up at the cemetery and start digging up some graves. Yeah, man, we just agree with, with, with um, Daniel, man. We say it all the time. Just give Queen Elizabeth a um, few more years in the ground, and then we just go over there and just start dig her up and bring her back to Africa or wherever, and just put her in a museum and display her along with other royal um, people we did. You know what I mean? Let them see how it feels. Because to this day, they're still in Egypt. I dig up uh, graves uh, <laughs> and I put tech and I bring them back to mu uh, the museum and that kind of thing. So, do the same thing what them do to, 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 to our ancestors them, and make them so feel. You know what I mean? So oh. a long time I say to Daniel. Yeah. Joy rebuke for Nigeria's Tiwa Savage over Charles's coronation. Mixed reactions have trailed the announcement that Savage, a Grammy-nominated singer, will perform at the British Monarch's coronation this weekend. And um, here is one of her songs for those of you who are not familiar with her. 
I know come this life to suffer. You follow politician, <laughs> you lead to prostitution. to suffer. If I follow politician, you go here and for paper. They go call them prostitution. Who no like enjoyment? If money they for pocket, shaping our national budget. You, we go blow like trumpet. So when wait, is she singing that song? Yeah, I'm sorry, Mom. yeah, she's yeah, gonna yeah. sing that song. I don't know if she's gonna sing that song, <laughs> but I purposely selected that song. <laughs> I hope she sings that song. I do hope she sings that song. I really hope she does. Mm-hmm. You know what's sad? What's sad is that, you know, mental slavery seems to be more effective than actual slavery. And that's a sad thing because just imagine our four parents that um, were enslaved. Well, let me read the story and hear what she has to say. If she says anything on the reason why she opted to accept the offer to perform L let's see before we you know cast any judgments let's see if there's any sensible reasoning all right so when abisoya raji saw an instagram post that nigerian singer tiwa savage would be performing at the coronation of prince charles at westminster abbey on may 6 she could not contain her excitement mado the 23 year old um Operations manager at a Lagos-based startup screamed a Ni Nigerian exclamation of surprise as she read from her phone at a public event. Onlookers nearby looked at her curiously, but she kept grinning. I was very happy for her because being invited to perform at the coronation of one of the most important monarchies in the world is huge, she told Al Jazeera, smiling. It is actually good to see Nigeria's Nigerians winning from top bottom afrobeats superstar savage will join katie perry lionel richie and other artists including south african opera singer pretty yendi to perform at the coronation ceremony and that happens of course this saturday um <laughs> the ceremony's officiating will be done by the archbishop of canterbury the most senior cleric of the church of england ah let's keep going mm. In Nigeria, which got independence from British colonial administration in October 1960, the news has been greeted with mixed reactions. Savage, 43, a Grammy-nominated singer and songwriter who also holds British citizenship, was at backing Buckingham, I can't even pronounce it, Buckingham Palace in March for an International Women's Day reception held by then-Queen Consort Camilla. Back in Nigeria, some of Savage's compatriots like Raji believe her performance this weekend is a progressive spotlight for Afrobeats, arguably Nigeria's biggest export since Nollywood films. But not everyone agrees. Others have taken to social media to register disappointment with the singer, calling her hypocritical given Britain's colonial legacy in Nigeria. 
Sophia Bambino, a fashion curator, is one of them. For the 23-year-old, it is absurd that any citizen aware of the effects of the colonial history between Britain and Nigeria would accept to perform at the coronation ceremony. I don't know what it is, but Nigerians never seem to want to break out of getting involved with people who colonized and oppressed them for years. Let's also not forget how British colonization exploited the religion and ethnic identity of Nigerians that led them to abandon some customs and culture. Rolling Stone magazine has reported that multiple artists, including Adele, Ed Sheeran, Harry Styles, and Robbie Williams, turned down invitations to play at the coronation. And for some Nigerians, Savage should have followed suit. It is very embarrassing that the Crown wants to use an African woman artist who isn't their first or second pick to salvage their image somehow. That's according to a Lagos-based writer. Experts say Nigeria's long history of political, economic, and cultural exchange makes it impossible for a full disconnect. The Nigerian diaspora in the UK is one of the largest in the world and is a major part of cosmopolitan British as well as Nigerian culture. For better or worse, and despite the complexity of Anglo-Nigerian history, the ties that bind both countries remain considerable and will be so for the foreseeable future. For a Lagos-based juju musician, even though fans may have their opinion, it should not stop the artist from making decisions they are comfortable with. Even people who are elected to defend our nationalism and sovereignty fail to do so. So why stop the artist from making money because other artists refused to do it? All right, I'm going to take a quick break. Let's gather our thoughts. When I get back, we can definitely share them. All right. A little more as we continue to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Here is John Secara.
sure many of you listening are familiar with the English version of this song. Suelta el corazón Coco Y te quiero más y más y más y Coco. más y más y más No me canso de mirar Coco Pero quisiera tocar Coco Ándate y no seas malita Coco Yo quiero una noga ida 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 Coco Qué lindo es tu cu Coco Bonito su cu Coco Redondito y suavecito Coco Responsable está tu coco Coco, Coco. Yeah Yeah maravilla Te voy a decir yeah. una cosa Alex Dime. No se meta con mi coco ¿Por qué? Ay muy sencillo Cachete se me pone colorada, colorada. No le voy a pesar. Te lo voy a decir, te lo voy a decir. No te metas con mi coco, coco. No te metas con mi coco, coco. Yo sé que tienes tu mujer, coco. Así que deja mi coco, coco. Si me pongo pantalones, coco. Y me golpeo detrás, coco. Nunca faltan los mirones, coco. Como tú y los demás, coco. Si quieres. Así que déjame un cucu, cucu. Oye, dígame. 
suavecito Miguelito en tu cubo Cuando te pones pantalón Y te toca por detrás Se me suelta el corazón Y te quiero más y más y más y más y más y más A big thank you to everyone listening on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee in Tow World News on the Go. Segundo, mami, 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 vamos de Bari. No, mami, aquí no va el Ferrari. Aquí lo que hay chorizo y chicle. Y se acabó el chicle, capiche. Yo lo que quiero ver es locura. Mira, ve que volar con tu amiga. Yo lo que quiero ver es gozar y cantar toda la vida. Coming up Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, Days After Dark, returns with another episode of Real Relationship Talk. Join the crew, Rose Solo, Sonette, Javette, Marlon, and myself. Monday night's topic, The Big O. Set your alarms for 10 p.m. Eastern. You can listen live on janoradio.com, qmzradio.com, or join the conversation on Clubhouse in Days After Dark. Los ojos, oídos y temblas. Ah. 
All right, Talia. Thank you for that one. Amor mio. All right, so let's go ahead and get back to business. Thank you once again to everyone listening online, the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com, and everyone listening on JanoRadio.com, and of course, to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. Yeah, so Tiva Savage, Koroba, Koroba, Koroba. Yeah, mixed feelings. Uh, many folks are having mixed feelings about her accepting the invitation to perform at the coronation she is nigerian or of nigerian descent however you want to put it um so other artists have turned down the invitation to perform and the artists who have turned down the invitation include adele ed sheeran harry styles and robbie williams and they all have one thing in common right so why is it then that um, an African woman from the country of Nigeria, Nigeria has been a victim of the monarchy, right? Why then would she accept the invitation to perform? She might look at his, I'm secure in my bag. Y'all can stay there saying what you want to say, but I got bills to pay. But I say not all money is good money. That's me. How do y'all feel? Who wants to start first? Javet, Donald, Chief. I want to go in order. Javet, anything you want to say on that one? Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First, I want to say, I know you said not all money is good money but we don't know her money situation, one. Mm -hmm. And I never want to be in anyone's pockets. Okay. Two, I'm not sure her age. Did you say she was 40-something? She's 43. I didn't know she was this old, honestly. I thought she was much younger. I don't even know if I know her music. <laughs> so, again, who's to say how much money she really has? And... <sighs> Man, when it comes to certain things in this life, we all have to pick our poisons. And I think I'll just yield there. All right. Thank you, Javet. Uh, Chief. No, Donald. Donald. Sorry, Donald. Let me PTR. Donald, you're next. Donald, probably not able to speak. Want to jump over to Chief? Oh, Donald, yeah. there you go. Okay. Listen, everybody can't and won't wear the cape. It's that simple. Everybody wouldn't be the superhero. Everybody wouldn't think. And some, to some people, an opportunity like that could change their life forever. And they're just not willing to pay the price. Especially if they look around in our country and say, why should I be sacri the sacrificial lamb? And look at even in Nigeria, look at our politicians, look at our elected people. These people are not even holding themselves responsible. What do I do? Mm -hmm. Then you're not even to show how conscious she is about even her history and stuff. Yeah, she might know of the slavery, she might know. But some people are just not into it. They don't want to hear, they don't want to learn, they don't read a book, they don't look at nothing. Matter of fact, some people don't even see themselves as part of the like 
for instance, in the Caribbean, there are people that you would say are oh, African. They say, no, I'm not African. They would deny everything to be African. There are people in Africa who hate Africa more than anybody else. So at the end of the day, it comes into a personal choice. I personally would not have made that choice. But as Javed said, you don't know what the personal situation is. Um, you don't know what the value systems are. She might decide, listen, this is a pity that can change my life. I will take it. This will open doors for me that probably could not open before. I will take it. You understand? I don't care if they're using me. I'm willing to just take that risk. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the, black, the backlash would be for a little bit. And then for the most part, it goes away. Mm-hmm. Alright. I don't know who is in her ears and who is around her. But at the end of the day, as I said, not everybody is willing to wear the cape. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Donald Chief. Good morning, Queen. How are you? I am well, thank you. So glad to hear it. So you know, I tried to warn T.Y. before we got divorced <laughs> not to do this. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, for seriously though, T.Y. is a British British Nigerian artist. She her net worth is six million dollars. The smartest thing she could have done. Nigerians are super proud though. I'd be super proud if she had said, "I refuse." She would have raised her value tremendously. Tremendously. One payday versus longevity. We know that is a problem with ourselves when it comes to long-term investment. That's not a long-term investment. That's that's her agent seeking gratification, a payday gratification for a moment. Mm-hmm. But long-term, she would have killed it if she had made the right decision, especially now. It's just, it's a bad move. It's a, it's not a good move. I think Julie said in the chat, Chrisette, she when she Chrisette decided to perform for Trump, she took a nose drive, nose dive. The same thing is about to happen now, over a payday. Mm-hmm. All right. We gotta use more wisdom. All right. So before I move on, I want to read something briefly about her. She was born February fifth, nineteen eighty, in Lagos State, Nigeria. Her name is Isale Eko. Her family relocated to London when she was 11 years old. While attending secondary school, she was a trombone player for her school's orchestra band. Savage graduated with a degree in accounting from the University of Kent and started working at the Royal Bank of Scotland. She did backup vocals for English singer George Michael at the age of 16 and lent vocals to other musicians such as Mary J. Blige, Shaka Khan, Blue Contrell, Emma Bunton, Kelly Clarkson, Andrea Bocelli, and Miss Dynamite. Savage enrolled at Berklee College of Music and graduated with a degree in professional music in 2007. While reminiscing about her experiences there, she said she was motivated by the drive and passion of the younger students. She also said she needed the school's atmosphere. In 2006, Savage participated in the UK edition of the X Factor and advanced to the final 24, but ended up being the 12th person to be evicted. 
while participating, she had difficulty dealing with the limelight, she said. You have to always realize that people are watching. But I got the bad news that I wasn't getting through to the final 12. It was really painful for me. But you still have to learn how to hold that until you get home because you don't want to just let everything out. People admire you and want to see that you're strong. They don't want to see you breaking down. In 2009, Savage signed a publishing deal with Sony ATV Music Publishing. The deal allowed her to write for Babyface, Kat DeLuna, Fantasia, Monica, and Maya. She has received songwriting credits for her contribution to Monica's soul-tinged ballad, Catch Me. Her collaboration with Fantasia on the song Collard Greens and Cornbread earned the American Recording Artist a Grammy nomination in 2010. Savage wrote Jaiko's Oh Yeah featuring Snoop Dogg and DeLuna's Push Push featuring Akon. She performed background vocals on Whitney Houston's album I Look To You. Inspired by the growth of the Nigerian music industry, Savage moved back to Nigeria and signed with Mavin Records in 2012. Just a little bit more about her. Um, James? Yeah, for for me, I, I just I just think it's it just shows where we are as a people. Like it's it's difficult for us as a people to sacrifice, you know, a payday, but our four our four parents had to sacrifice their lives for us to be here. Um, and it just like it's just us as a people. That that's why it's so hard to to kind of grasp. I know it it might happen in spurts in other eras, but to me, like it's hard to to. To, to see like um the Jewish people like celebrating or or, or remembering like a, a remembrance memorial about the Holocaust and they invite like a German pop group to come and, and, and sing. You know, it, it just so to me like and you know in in like twenty years ago, like I was watching this clip with, with Farrakhan when he got into into it um on sixty minutes with um the host at the time. And when he dubbed um, Nigeria as the most corrupt country in the world, and Farrakhan almost swore at him mm-hmm. and to, to shut him up and say, "Look, what Europe did to, to to Africa, you know what America did to Africa, and you you have the audacity to sit down and call Nigeria the most corrupt country in the world." So, like when you look at stuff like that, you know, you know the the the, the, the pain and and stuff that the British put. Nigeria too, especially Nigeria as the largest um, African um, population where where would be like the closest threat to, to if any country is going to rise up, it's going to be Nigeria. Um, so I just think, you know, and as Chief said, like it could cost her, her career because the world could be looking at her and said like, look at what's her name, um, Ed Sheeran and, and what's her name, turn it down. Why did you have to take it, you know? So I, I just feel it's a bad move. It's a bad move. All right. Thank you, James. Teflon, if you're able to speak. Okay, Teflon may not be able to speak. Um, Afo? Uh, oh. <laughs> um, it's all about getting the bug for, for, for most people right now. You know what I mean? And it really look away when you have like white celebs who turn down alpha from the the you know for the singer the coronation or whatever they want to call them them thing, and you as a black person who say no 
what the British do to you, your ancestors and man or something like that. You wrong up so why you wanna perform for me. It, it, it look away for real. You know what I mean? But everybody's a defending bug, everybody's it, it's all about their money and hopefully one day as I must say people can just well not just people but black people can just unite and just see the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Just see the bit the bigger picture. You might lose a a, a, a one bug today but you, you, you have no idea how much more bugs you might gain tomorrow just because you turn down a, a, a deal with you know, suit you. I mean, look on, look on um, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> you get me what I say? Uh, and others who are in that position and say, hey, look, but now I'll go the way and do them one thing. You know what I mean? So it's hard to say oh, nobody can unite and just see the bigger picture. And just stop thinking about this money. But I understand everybody needs money, but she act like she's desperate. Like she's desperate in need of money. As a chief said, our network has six mil. But then again, our network might be six mil, but she. But um, to Javet's point, we don't know her expenses. Yeah, you know what I mean? I put her to, she can't reach it. I try to live above her needs. I try to keep up with the Joneses or, you know, whatever it is. So. <laughs> Uh, I guess we share more. Now, okay, uh, at, at this point, I said, best thing, hey, just do for you and like man, uh, and, and your family and like minded people and make the rest figure it out. You know what All I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. All right, thank you. I'm, before I move on, I'm going to play the clip I think that um, James was referring to. Which is Tria. Whoops, sorry. Let me... Which is, if not the most corrupt nation in Africa, and it is. It could be the most corrupt nation in the world, Minister Farrakhan. Oh, and now, Mr. Wallace. It is the most corrupt nation. Fine. So what? 35 years old. That's what that nation is. Now, here's America, 226 years old. You love democracy? But there in Africa, you're trying to force these people into a system of government that you just have accepted 30 years ago, black folk got the right to vote. You're not in any moral position to tell anybody how corrupt they are. You should be quiet and let those of us who know our people go there and help them get out of that condition. But America should keep her mouth shut wherever there's a corrupt regime. Has, has Nigeria dropped an atomic bomb and killed people in, in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Yeah, that, that's one of the clips. I think I, there's a better one. You know, in Nigeria, which is, if not the most corrupt nation in Africa, and it is, it could be the most corrupt nation in the world, Minister Farrakhan. Oh, and now, Mr. Watt. I think this is about the longer clip. It is the clip. most corrupt nation that I have ever covered. I've been there 25 years ago, and I've been there as recently as last year. Fine. So what? 35 years old. That's what that nation is. Now, here's America, 226 years old. You love democracy? But there in Africa, you're trying to force these people into a system of government that you just have accepted 30 years ago, black folk got the right to vote. You're not in any moral position to tell anybody how corrupt they are. You should be quiet and let those of us who know our people go there and help them get out of that condition. But America should keep her mouth shut wherever there's a corrupt regime, as much hell as America has raised on the earth. No, I will not allow America or you, Mr. Wallace, 
to condemn them as the most corrupt nation on earth when you have spilled the blood of human beings has has nigeria dropped an atomic bomb and killed people in in hiroshima and nagasaki have they killed off millions of native americans how dare you put yourself in that position as a moral judge i think you should keep quiet because with that much blood on america's hands you have no right to speak i will speak because i don't have that blood on my hand Yes, there's corruption there. Yes, there's mismanagement of resources. Yes, there is abuse. There's abuse in every nation on earth, including this one. So let's not play holy to moralize on them. Let's help them. I'm not moralizing. I'm asking you a question and I got an answer. Why would you put it as the most corrupt regime in the world? That doesn't make sense. Can you think of one more corrupt? Yeah, I'm living in one. I'm living in one. Yes. You've done a hell of a thing on this earth, so you should not be the one to talk. You should be quiet when it comes to moral condemnation. Go to Niger. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Crystal, your thoughts on Tiwa Savage performing at the coronation? If you're able to speak. I think she put something in the chat. Okay, let me. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jafet. Let's go. Am I blind? I'm not seeing it. Okay. That was the interview with Mike Wallace. Okay. Anything prior? They will fight to keep control. So we. Okay. I think that was from long ago. Okay. So nothing new. All right. Um. Drew? Any thoughts on T was Savage performing for the King and Queen? <laughs> yeah, well, for one, I don't want to be another, not, not saying here, but I'm sure around the world, I don't want to be another black tongue speaking ill on a black person because of a business decision that they made. I think that comes from just a better understanding, like here in the States, when LeBron James made his decision, a lot of us um, rushed to judgment too early. It was, it was just a decision, you know, and we may not agree with it, but it's just a business decision. Um, we don't even know why the other artists backed out. It could have been they had conflicts. It could be that they just didn't want to travel. Could be they had something else pre-planned. Um, we should still support her because our women, black women, are under attack globally too often for us to turn our backs on her for, for performing. I mean, you have to also take into consideration she was kind of raised over there, so her viewpoint might not be the same as somebody who wasn't. And, you know, lastly, you know, there will be African artifacts on display during that coronation. And there's also artifacts within their own museums that they should not be there. They should be sent back to the countries, continents, and nations that they belong to. And I think that's the real conversation. Um, not, not so much this young lady uh, performing there. I hope she performs well. I hope that she does well. And um, I hope that we would focus more on coming together as a people versus uh, shading each other. Um, 
we got we got to we got to figure that part out but that's all i want to say all right thank you so much appreciate your comment drew um prezi were you here for the conversation tiwa savage afro beats artist perform accepting the um invitation to perform at the coronation this weekend not sure if you have any comments any thoughts on this boy miss money boy did in and out you oh okay sorry okay not a problem all right i have a question though yes 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 because naturalist is on the phone and Kay's on the phone what if she sings the song that you just played and i was about to play it again <laughs> okay okay because all right so before i play the song um i'm gonna say i'm gonna read it for you i know come this life to suffer if i follow politician you go here i'm for paper them go call i'm prostitution who not like enjoyment if money they for pocket she be in the national budget we go blow them like trumpet eh koroba koroba but um that first stanza nobody came in this life to suffer if i chase after the politicians you're gonna hear i'm for the people i'm all about the money and they're gonna call me a prostitute but who doesn't like enjoyment who doesn't want to have money to be able to do what they want to do isn't that what they need to shape the national budget to take care of the economy what are your thoughts on those those two stances javette how do you think it will be received and i hope if she perform when she performs she sings this song she's showing you both sides of the coin and I'm not sure if she wrote this song, but you're singing it. So I can just assume that she believes what she's singing as well. Mm-hmm. That's my take on it. So it's going to be people that are going to be offended. And then there are going to be people that say, you're right. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and Dre, I don't think we're shaming her right now we're just having a conversation on how we feel about certain things but i don't i personally don't feel anyone on the stage is shaming her Mm-mm. so i want to say that Mm-mm. well i I, clar- I clarified that already i said it's not the people here i said the people globally that will so I, I okay that. okay right so this song will send a message yes, if she does. gets to perform it. And I will hope that those listening will understand the message she's saying. It's talking about corruption, if you want to call it that, right? The things people have to do to survive, which should not be the situation. Now, if she gets to perform it is another question, because then you might have people who are telling her what she can and cannot perform now great points have been made by everyone um i'm gonna play the song and i'll have you go james bear with me one moment um she's a businesswoman right she has a business to run but she may also look at it as an opportunity 
to send a message, to deliver the message that we have been trying to deliver that no one is listening to. Let's see. Let us see. And I do say, yes, all money is not good money. And sometimes we need to think about the, the things we are agreeing to do. But then I have to look at the flip side of things. What if this is an opening of a window, the cracking of a door? We don't know. We don't know. Um, let, me, let me play the song and then so we can listen to the words again. <laughs> um hold on whoops what did i do with it I'll, hold on hold on hold on hold on okay let's see moments yeah did you see what chief put in the back channel no read it for me read it for me i'm trying to fix this um well, chief are you referring to this specific singer right now? There is some type of tape flowing around. Okay. Maybe, Chief, maybe Chief can't speak. Okay. So I'm not sure I'm referring to her, but there seems, oh, he says, yes, there seems to be a tape flowing around. So maybe this is her way of trying to recover. I won't say what type of tape, but anyway, you can infer. Yeah, she has a tape and from last year. Julie says from last year. She so who not have tape out there? No, everybody have tape out there. Put it on, put it on. So only fans make some money, girl. You gotta spin it. That's how the Kardashians came up. Yeah, come up, girl. Soul, like, just, just like others. I'm not you here to. I mean? me, me not there for judge nobody. You hear? <laughs> <laughs> but we kind of judging we kind we kind of judging her yes but i'm she, we kind of okay. doing it her sex life is her business right um <laughs> if she won't put out that tip is who going and feed she are you who right um people on only fans um people who have put out tapes have actually saved relationships. You better believe it because when people relationship get boring and them don't know if it do, them go watch a tape. So I mean, nah, nah, nah. anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a days after dark conversation. But let me play this song again. And I hope she definitely gets to perform this song. Back, 
Fades into the background, there is an opinion piece from Priya Mavda Gopal, who teaches in the Faculty of English at the Cambridge University. With Charles III coronation, colonialism is going home or coming home to roost. This piece is courtesy of aljazeera.com. For fans of Netflix's The Crowned, Crown and other period dramas, the coronation of King Charles III will have it all. Ermine and tiaras, horses and livery, kneeling and curtsies, expensively refurbished gold carriages and choral music soaring into vaulted ceilings. A sufficiency of kings, queens and aristocrats will bear international witness to pomp and circumstance as the BBC repeats on a self-congratulatory loop that no one does pageantry quite like we Brits. Like the British Raj's fabled 1911 Durbar in Delhi, also held to celebrate a coronation, that of George V, Charles's crowning will aim to showcase British preeminence to the apparent admiration of the world. An imperial power move actually taken, like much else, from the Mughals of India. About 6,000 troops will march in full regalia in the largest military ceremonial in 70 years. Even the Mughals, however, did not propose that the entire population chant fealty in unison to the new monarch as Britons are being urged to do. Yes, in front of their TVs, they are being asked to (laughs) chant allegiance to the king. Unlike George V's Delhi Durbar, which glittered with the imperial puissance of nations that controlled vast swaths of the globe, globe behind the velvet curtains of Charles III's extravaganza is a much diminished entity in which a, in which a majority of the population is not much interested. According to a recent poll, more than 70% of Britons under the age of 50 are indifferent to the coronation. Even so, a staggering £250 million, pounds, let me say that again, £250 million of magicked up. Remember, you know, they don't have no money for nothing else, right? So definitely magicked up. Taxpayer money will be spent on this single day, even as thousands of nurses, doctors, teachers, and other key public workers have been told for months there is no money in the coffers to offer them a meaningful pay rise. They, like other Britons, are reeling under a stupendous rise in the cost of living as inflation hits 11%, the highest rate in 40 years. As waves of strikes continue across the country, leading economists have 
with breathtaking arrogance, instructed Britons to not ask for wage increases and just accept their worse off. <laughs> Use of charity food banks by working people has shot up in the past year with more than 750,000 first-time users and 3 million emergency food parcels distributed. In 2021, it was an estimated, well, it was estimated that 20% of the nation lives in poverty and living standards have fallen even further since then. Yet all of this is happening in what remains one of the richest countries in the world. The number of billionaires in the country has gone up by a fifth since the pandemic. Their combined wealth estimated at more than £653 billion in 2022. Charles, whose private wealth has been estimated at just under £2 billion, while the monarchy's is about £28 billion, will not, let me say it again, will not be spending his own money on any of the coronation, just as he deprived the public coffers of inheritance tax on the huge fortune left to him by Queen Elizabeth II. How does the existence of such extraordinary affluence square with the increasingly bleak realities faced by a populace when not long ago a pensioner died of hypothermia because she was worried about the truly astronomical energy bills all households face. Meanwhile, energy companies have seen their profits increase by several billions. Multiple calls to mitigate inequality by increasing taxes on the extremely wealthy have not been heeded, even as the burden on the rest of the taxpayers has increased. The glittering Durbar this Saturday will try to remind the world of a Britannia ruling at her benign best in a conspicuously, conspicuously inclusive pageant with black pairs carrying ceremonial objects and religious leaders from major faith traditions proffering blessings. But after the trumpets fade and the last antique carriage clatters back on palace cobblestones, Bleak daylight will reveal a Britain with a shrinking economy. Three million hungry children, lowered life expectancy, and pensioners choosing between a meal and keeping themselves warm. The once world-beating National Health Service, the real jewel in this country's crown, is spiraling into deliberately inflicted destruction with underfunding resulting in chronic staff shortages and more than 7 million people on wait lists at last count. Subjects, as we all are, not only become poorer by the day, but are required to pay joyful obeisance to the very system that renders them so. As the Labour MP Clive Lewis, one of very few politicians, to risk voicing criticism of the coronation has noted in a recent video far from being the social glue that it is touted to be monarchy is the gilded veneer that makes grotesque inequalities of wealth and power seem normal in that sense the british monarchy is no anachronism except in style behind the encrusted gowns and feathered helmets lies a perfectly modern set of disparities presided over by a billionaire king 
and his quote-unquote firm. While the coronation has rekindled discussions about the British Empire and monarchy, and the focus is on the Conor or the Con, how do you pronounce it? Conor, whatever, diamond, the hell of a diamond. Let's call it that. The Cullinan is what I'll refer to it as, and other gleaming foreign loot. I like the word that they've used in royal hands. Perhaps, but perhaps there is another way in which colonialism is evoked by this coronation. As an economic and political order of extreme inequality that has now come home to roost in Britain itself. How does the government how does the government explain to its people and justify to its citizens? That the price tag is okay. 250 million pounds for one day. The coronation. The same way all governments do it. They don't. I have a few choice words which I can't say because I'm on air. Moments. And, and that's the scaled on version. It's, it was supposed to be about 800. Exactly. Yes, yeah. it is It is modest, according to King Charles. This mm -hmm. is a modest purse because he is aware of the, the extenuous hardships that his folks are bearing. His words, not mine. <laughs> yeah, they say wow. it's cut down by, I think, 75% it's cut down um, compared to the when the Queen was, um, hers were being done. So they downscale by about 75%, they say. So, <laughs> yeah. Go right ahead, Drew. Well, another thing, you know, especially here in the in the United States, um, I think this is something that seems luxurious to us because we don't tend to get a chance to see the actual numbers when we have a change of president. Um, there's there's a lavish gathering. There's the parties throughout the day. And, you know, all of that, you know, it has to be taxpayer money because Washington doesn't doesn't sell any goods. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the, the the money that goes to that is from us. It's just it's they don't they don't publicize it. We don't we don't truly know uh, we would have to go and like go into some some records to get the information as to how much money goes into that so um you know I, I get what i get what you're saying that's a lot of money but at the same time that's, that's a lot of money but um <laughs> 315 million us dollars right but it's like okay how much do we how much do we end up paying and we just sit up there and we clap and we cheer down the motorcade yay <laughs> You know, we're we're allowed we're allowed the and, it, and it's so crazy. It's just like over there. You're allowed to cheer outside, but you're not gonna get none of the food that's on the inside. It's a it's a weird it's a weird celebration. <laughs> okay. Worst worst wedding invite ever. Ha, <laughs> ha, 
gonna be playing that for the next how many days? <laughs> I'm playing. Well, this is the last day because the coronation is tomorrow. They can shove I'm it up so their asses. You're gonna play it on Monday because all the news is gonna be. About that's what that's it. true. That's true. That's can you true. Play it one more time for me so we can all sing together. <laughs> coronation up your ass. Shove your coronation, you can shove your coronation, you can shove your coronation up your ass. <laughs> Rosola, I didn't hear any bass in your voice. <laughs> oh, so we need the bass? Okay, hold on. Where are the men? The men aren't singing. We need the men. Come on, men. <clears throat> Let's go. <laughs> What? Um, One more time. Moments, I've got something for you. You're going to like this. Oh, hell no. Teflon, hold on. Do I need to sit down? Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, probably, yeah. shoots. Almost, almost cursed. Oh, shoots. We're still on air. We're <gasps> still on air. Okay. Uh, okay. Go ahead, Teflon. Give it to me. Oh, no, no. It's... Teflon, where are I you? I saved it. Oh, my God. Teflon. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I saw it in Eunice's room um, earlier. I don't know if you was in there. But, I was in um, there earlier, but I had I, I was getting kicked out of Clubhouse, so I just gave up. But go ahead. Go ahead. Did you see what they did on the pitch? They drew something on the pitch. No, I didn't see that. Oh, my God. Let me, let me try and find it. It was so funny. One second. Okay. You know, hey, moment. Yes, yes, yeah. Wallace, Wallace wrote in the chat that it's a hundred million per inauguration. Now, you add that in contrast to once in probably a few lifetimes a coronation. Okay, I see the math. I see the math. <laughs> but will it still amount to three hundred and fifteen million US? Well, if you look at President Obama's presidency, that's 200 million right there. And then you add uh, Trump after him, that's 300 right there. And then you got Joe. Hold on. How did Trump's come to so much when hardly anybody? <laughs> oh, no. Remember, he had the greatest, he had the biggest turnout of all time. So <laughs> it was, they, they, I mean, they almost went over 100. I mean, it was, it was so big. So you yeah. can't even count. He had the biggest one of all time, Drew. It was it was so many people. You should have saw the gaps in the street. It was so many people. You should have saw how much open space it was. He said you should have saw the gaps so in the street. People. It was so many people. Drew is killing me. Drew, you're the you're the, you're awesome. It was, it was it was so much tumbleweed. You could you, I mean imagine how many people moments. It was so. Y'all ain't got no damn behavior in this room. I need to purge the room. <laughs> but yet they still spent a hundred million. They spent more, based on what Drew Drew is saying. They spent more on Trump's inauguration than they did on Obama's. But yet, no, he's adding. It was still it was still the same. 100 oh, it was still the same. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, what the heck is this? <laughs> I can't read this one on air, guys. You're gonna have to stick around. <laughs> Afterwards. Yeah, no, 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 don't, no, don't read it. This is just for affair. <laughs> I am cracking. <laughs> I do like this one. <laughs> but hold on, I hear it is supposed to rain 
on Saturday. In, in, in. Yeah, it's raining. Yeah, it's going to rain. So. so did you see the memes? Has anyone seen the memes on TikTok where um, they put up the weather forecast for the coronation and they have a picture of Diana <laughs> Princess Diana? Tell us something. I love it. They said it, it was 100 yards big. Tefla, you can't do this to me on air. You cannot do this. Jilly's always ahead. You know, she, she, I think she knew already. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jilly yeah. must have been, because Jilly must have been over there earlier, because I know I was there. I was one of the first ones in the room this morning. Um, Chief came in. Who else was there this morning? Because sometimes, here's the thing. When you go in Eunice's room, you hear of stories out of England that make you go, what the heck? I thought we were crazy over here, but we no, seem to have something in common. I was literally talking about the same article for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so they're so anti royals. So like when when these things happen, oh my god! Oh, you just put it up on the link. <laughs> yeah, I put it up there. I had to put it up for those of us. We're going to talk about it after we get up. In the meantime, folks, one more time. in the bad behavior please have some respect for the king and queen consort <laughs> the thing is it's the whole stadium so it's not even a few people the whole stadium singing in unison <laughs> sounds like a soccer match that's what it sounded like it was a soccer match hold on a second yeah, what, yeah. what day is it today what it's day Friday. is it today? It's, it's, it's the 5th it's the 5th of may I lost it for a second because my landscaper just pulled up. He normally comes on a Tuesday. Today's Friday. I'm like, okay, hold on. What day? I don't know if he was drinking before. He drank some, he drank some tequila this morning. And this week, he'd been drinking probably. <laughs> I'm like, hold on a second. Oh, he bought a new truck too. Let me tell you something. Quick question. I'm going to ask this question and we answer it off air. Would you date a bus driver? Woman. I was gonna say uh, that's that's a little. Uh, I don't know if we can answer that, man. Would you date a bus driver, woman? <laughs> so only, let me. Only people what's wrong the with them? Okay, hold on. We go. We gonna talk about it. Hold on one second. Minute. Yeah, let me let me wrap up on air, and then we come back with the foolishness that um, <laughs> Teflon has provided us with. Suavemente, besame. Que quiero sentir tus labios besándome otra vez suavemente besame que quiero sentir tus labios besándome otra vez suave besame besame suave besame otra vez suave. yo quiero sentir tus labios suave.
give a big thank you to everyone listening online on the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. For quality music while you work or play, keep it logged on to www.QMZRadio.com for that good music to get you through your day. And a big thank you to everyone listening on JanoRadio.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to download the Jano Radio app, J-A-H-K-N-O. It is available in your Apple and Google Play stores. Jano Radio, take us on the go. Of course, a big thank you to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Thank you for choosing to hang out with me every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for lending your voices. And thank you for those who contribute to the chat. Of course, that's your way of contributing to the conversation. We appreciate you. All the varying perspectives, opinions, and views. Look forward to having you join us again on Monday. 9 a.m. Eastern. Monday, it's Move It Monday. We do it in Soka Styley. Come on, Donald. Let's get those R's rolling. Listeners on QMZ Radio and Jano Radio, this is Moments with me signing out. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. <laughs>